Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready for some fantasy hockey streaming advice, it's time for the most styling, profiling, wheeling and dealing, jet flying, limousine riding podcast in all the land. It's the reigning, defending, undisputed fantasy hockey streaming champion of the world. It's the stream Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to a very special preseason edition of the Stream Scheme, where myself and my dear friends PJ and Mason are going through each position, giving you our top 10 players at each position for this upcoming 2021 to 2022 NHL season. We are presented by the greatest fantasy hockey podcast in the world, Keeping Carlson, and we'll often refer to the best league in the world, the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, aka the Cupful, of which yours truly is a former Tier 1 champion, aka Ultimate Fantasy Hockey glory hopefully no one got confused by the intro music there mason threatened to hold out if the intro and outro music did not return and maybe not unlike the minnesota wild front office i met his caprizov-esque commands even though this is obviously not a normal stream scheme episode this is exclusive preseason content unlike anything you've heard elsewhere on the internet this is the second installment of this preseason series if you're listening to this right now you can go back and check out our top 10 right wingers for this next year and today we are mixing it up and ranking our top 10 goalies for this next year and also before we get into everything i just want to say if you're listening or hopefully maybe even re-listening to this podcast and just want to get a quick recap of our top 10 list just go ahead and skip to the end of this podcast last time when we recapped our list before we started getting into our honorable mentions so it was a little bit harder to find that's my bad that's on me but this time it should be much closer to the end of the actual podcast it should be easier for you guys to find our recaps but just a quick refresher of what exactly we're doing today starting with our 10th overall goalie each and working our way up to number one overall we're ranking our goalies just for this next year so it's where we would take them in a redraft league for the 2021 to 2022 season and we are using couple point scoring that means goalies get two points for a win 0.35 points for a save minus 1.5 points for a goal against which is something new for this upcoming year in the couple last year it was actually minus two points for a goal against. Uh, Will that make a big difference in valuing goalies? We'll talk about that. But lastly, you get an additional two points for a shutout as well. And last but certainly not least, we are turning these individual rankings into a contest as to who has the best overall list at both each position and best overall ranker throughout the whole series. After each podcast comes out, head on over to Twitter at NHL Stream Scheme and vote on who has the best rankings at each position. And fellas, as the rankings are in from our top right wing list, I have a whopping zero. (laughs) 
50% of the vote. I thought that I at least had one sympathy vote from Dustin, uh, but I guess he figured out how to, how to change that. Uh, Mason is in second with 27.3% and PJ with a commanding 72.7% of the vote. But like I said, PJ may have won the right wing vote, but if he craps to bed from here on out, there's still a chance for Mason and maybe even a small chance for myself as well, but we shall see. So that was a ton from me. Let's hear from our co-hosts here. Let's shoot it over to Mason first. Mason, I want to know, how do you feel about falling short to uh, PJ in the right wing rankings? I think it's understandable, <laughs> but um, I'm definitely looking forward to fighting my way back over these next few lists. I think my goalie list is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I think I still have a good chance to take the crown. So leave it there as far as the rankings go, but I'm looking forward to getting into goalies. Uh, before we start, I just want to say goalies are voodoo. No ranking that is given on this show uh, should be used in any sort of fantasy hockey draft or betting or anything in, in which you'd be using these rankings. So just completely disregard them, but we're here to give you uh, some of our takes. So you said you're feeling uh, fantastic about your ranking list. I guess, how are you feeling about goalies overall this year? Are you are thinking more like those top 10 are like goalies you would actually seek out and desire? Or is it maybe only the top three or something you would actually even think about taking in drafts? Yeah, I actually, I really like the change. I think it I mean, boosts goalie value across the board, but um, it also gives more value to the lower goalies that are going to let in more goals than say Vasilevsky. So it'll bump them up a little bit higher and may actually close the gap a little bit on some of these goalies. We just finished a mock draft where I took two guys that I think are going to be volume starters this year in the middle rounds, I think round seven and round 10. So I was pretty happy to get them there. And um, that's what I'd be hoping to roll into the season with. Another change for the couple this year is that you can add players on the same day. So on the flip side, increase goalie streaming, which means if you don't get one of these, one of these top 10 guys, you're not out of luck. You can still roll through um, and get a lot of points uh, from streaming. But my preference would be to land a couple of good starters and then be able to save my ads for other things. Yeah. And that was a good thing to bring up as well there about the free agents now being able to be added on the fly because typically I stink at drafting goalies. It doesn't matter what strategy I do going into it, whether I grab them early, grab them late, grab a lot, grab a little. I always get it wrong. But one thing I typically get right is I am a sharpshooter on those waiver wire goalies. Uh, typically, I always spend my fab on them, which is why it's better for me now. I'm just able to go in as soon as it happens, click, click, pick them up. So if you're not on those Twitter notifications, then uh, you might be sitting in my dust if either of you guys are in my tier three league. But yeah, PJ, let's toss it over to you now as well. First off, how's it feel to be number one at ranking right wingers? Do you think that success will be going to your head for this goalie list? How do you feel about goalies overall? How do you feel about your top 10 goalies? And oh yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> well, thanks Dave. Yeah. I had a lot of fun on that last one. Uh, it feels a little bit of like an honor to be in the, the top 10 right now, for sure. Or sorry, the top spot of those top 10, but like we said, you know, lots can change. That was just one list. Uh, I think I've put together a pretty good list on my research, but similar to what Mason was saying, goalies are somebody that I always tend to draft a little later. I don't really try to reach for them. 
So there's a good chance that my top 10 list, I will not have on any of my redraft league teams this year, but that is partially because I just don't go for them that high. I still think I did a a pretty good job of if I was somebody who was taking somebody at that high spot, I put the right guy where I think I would be. There's been a lot of change this year for sure in general. So there's a lot of question marks around goalies, which kind of makes it pretty fun. So I'm looking forward to seeing how some of these guys perform in in new situations or on new teams or with new defense in front of them, that sort of thing. So the question marks always are a good part of it. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, some of my picks end up landing in those kind of top levels of the old couple. Yeah. And I know uh, Mason mentioned before about the mock drafts going on. Keeping Carlson just tweeted out some of those results that had a particular interesting nugget that I'm sure we will talk about here. But just so some people kind of get an idea on how the difference between the old couple scoring of minus two goals against versus what is now minus 1.5 goals against. Uh, Let's look at just the top two last goalies from last year. Andre Vasilevsky was 30th in overall points amongst all players last year based on that old scoring. But with this new scoring, he would have been eighth overall. Behind him, we have Connor Hellebuck who was 46th in overall points. But with this new scoring, he would have been 16th overall. So keep that in mind. Probably doesn't really have anything to do with our rankings necessarily, but does have very much to do with your rankings if you are drafting in the couple this year. So keep it in mind. I know I like it a lot because you're going to be hard pressed to find a guy that's you know not going to be drafting Vasilevsky in the first round this year. So the fact that he was 30th in overall points last year, I think now just makes it a lot more realistic. So that's something that I know I and many other people were asking for in the cupful. So definitely a welcome change that I like to see. Yeah. And if I can just uh, reiterate one, one thing or clarify is, you know, notoriously I've been somebody who fades goalies and picks, but this year for the cup cupful after kind of looking at, I definitely see myself still not taking a goalie probably in the first round or two, just as a, personal preference, but I could see myself taking a goalie a lot earlier. And the only reason I say that as much as, you know, Vasilevsky in that eighth spot, you're right. I just think there's more questions around goaltenders. And I would personally rather take a player that I think is guaranteed to play every game versus a goalie who's going to play even a volume starter or less and just have those guys that I know are going to help me win my weeks in and out. So that's why myself, even if a player ranks higher in the final rankings, I don't necessarily rank them in my mind at quite that same level. Um, being like, you know, if a Hellebuck's in the second round, I'm probably going to try and take uh, one of those lesser of the players that might be in your final scoring, but are going to be playing every week. Yeah, just to chime in on that, I was looking at um, value over replacement in previous years versus this year for goalies. And um, like Dave was saying, the top few goalies are going to jump way up and um, their final ranking is going to be higher. But um, it didn't look to me like it increased their value over replacement. So those replacement level goalies also got that bump. And so those top guys weren't necessarily any farther from uh, the replacement level guys, which um, I still think it's justified taking a goalie higher this year because they're going to just give you more points. Um, But at the same time, um, I don't think it's going to jump them up as much as those rankings might suggest. So I 
probably am in the same boat as PJ where I wouldn't take a goalie in the first couple rounds, uh, let someone else do that. And it may end up working out for them, but um, I'd probably hold off. And um, a second thought I had was just streaming goalies. Um, I don't think there's going to be as viable of a zero goalie strategy as we've had in the couple in years past. Um, but I can definitely see people not drafting goalies and then doing a lot of streaming or trying to find guys um, when injuries happen and things like that. So I think more goalies will be rostered, more goalies will be played, um, but they may not end up getting drafted all that much higher. Some good points, fellas. Some good points. I'm already learning from you guys again. But let's go ahead and get right into it. I think it's only appropriate if we have our last pool winner, PJ, lead us off here with his number 10th overall goalie. All right. Sounds good. So this is one I was just uh, mentioning to these guys before we started that I've probably switched out my 10th spot uh, 10 times in the past uh, couple days going over and over again. But uh, with a lot of the changes and a few other things, I decided to go with my number 10 spot with uh, Shesterkin. You know, there's a bunch of guys that I was looking at in that 10th spot. And even though Shesterkin didn't necessarily have the most outstanding of rookie years, there was a lot of underlying things that I really liked about his game. Um, some of that being his goal saved above average was actually sitting in kind of just around the top 15 or so in the league last year. I'm also a huge fan of the direction that team around him is going. I think they've got a pretty solid team that's growing and has been young and is just getting better. And as a rookie, you know, I hope he's going to have another year that's building off of last year building with that team. And I think it's a team that's going to take a step forward again, even this year in their overall rankings in the league. I am a, a fan of, you know, some of the other goalies in their system and stuff that they've got below them, but I do think Shesterkin's going to be the go-to starter. And like we were mentioning before, volume starts are probably going to be pretty valuable in the Cupful this year. Um, not that I would necessarily consider him a full volume starter, but I do think he'll probably be starting closer to that 40-something games uh, this year on a on a true 82 games season. And with that, I think he's just going to be able to put up some good numbers. I did not have Shesterkin in my top 10. How about you, Mason? Yeah, I've got Shesterkin at seven, actually. Um, so I agree already, with, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree with a lot of what PJ said, I guess um, I'm thinking he'll get a bit more volume than PJ does. I think he's the clear starter on the team. So, you know, maybe that's a like a 55 27 split or something like that. But yeah, I have him much more as a pure starter than a 1A. Um, his numbers did dip a little bit this year, obviously from his rookie season where he was absolutely outstanding, but I think uh, there's a lot of room for them to bounce back. The team as a whole, like PJ said, is going in the right direction. Um, they have Keandre Miller, who is a rookie this last year. Um, who should be a really good defensive defenseman for them. Truba was injured for a while. So hopefully when he's in the lineup, that can help. Um, they had all the Tony D'Angelo nonsense at the start of the year last year, and they were down Zibanejad, um, at least his, his scoring for a long time at the start of the season as the team was recovering from COVID and everything. So um, I like the Rangers a lot heading into this year. I think they're going to be a really good team. And I think Shesterkin's going to get a lot of volume and he's a good goalie. So those are basically the three things I'm looking for. Good goalie, lots of volume and um, on a team that's at least competing for the playoffs. Yeah. And if I can just uh, 
clarify on that. Sorry, I was reading some numbers. I do think that he will be a clear cut starter in this one, Mason. I'm not saying it's going to be a split, but I thought, I think I just listed him in around like the high, maybe to 48 to, to kind of 50 ish games was where I was thinking I could see it being more. And I, and I agree having that volume start is really a big benefit and behind a team, like you said, that's just, just getting better. All right. Well, maybe this is where I uh, bury myself again here, <laughs> but I would uh, very much disagree with both you kind gentlemen. First off, I guess I'll just start with, I don't think he's that good of a goalie. I mean, 916, that's about average. Maybe you can argue that in a short season that if you're looking to his season before, he was 932, but that was only in 12 games played. And so maybe even in a longer season, it might even be worse than a 916. And I also think the Rangers aren't going in the right direction. I think the Rangers are going in the wrong direction. I mean, they lost Bujnevich. I I just don't like the Rangers. I don't think he's that good of a goalie. And I I mean, you can't discount Gorgeous Georgie as someone who's going to steal those starts. He got a decent amount of starts last year, and I don't think he did anything to prove that. I mean, best case scenario, you're looking at someone who's going to be like a 55% starter, I think. I think, okay, maybe 60% starter. If it gets up to that two out of every three, that would be almost his absolute ceiling. And so I just, that's just not someone that I think would make my top 10. And obviously I'll get into it a little bit more when it's, I get into my top 10, but it, to me, it kind of breaks down to, I think you guys are a lot higher on the Rangers than I am. Uh, I think a big thing for me, just looking at the underlying numbers with Shesterkin is yes, there were some, you know, maybe less than stellar rookie season numbers, but if you look at five on five save percentage, he's actually 13th in the league of any player that played 10 or more games. Um, and that's incredible including like Swayman who played 10, Mrazek who played 12. Uh, so some guys that weren't playing full load. So, you know, he was in the top 10 basically of goalies that were playing regularly in save percentage at five on five. And it's just something that I personally value when I'm looking at drafting my goalies a bit more than actual save percentage, because I found, especially with last year being a weird season, you're playing the same teams a lot. Um, you know, there's arguments that can go either way of that. But if one you know, team has a power play that's clicking that you're playing all the time, your save percentage is going to go down because you're going to be the Ottawa Senators playing against Toronto and Edmonton, you know, eight times a year with power plays that are, well, I guess Edmonton's power play dominant. Maple Leafs one that could use some improvement, but should be really good. And same with, you know, Rangers playing against some, some harder t- uh, division rivals with good power plays. So I looked at save percentage at five on five a lot more. Um, and with that, I think he was sitting of just like regular goalies. I think he was 11th, uh, but 13th, if you included a couple of those guys who only played 10 or 12 games in the season as well. And I'll just speak to the volume before we move on as well. So like PJ said, I think he's a good goalie and has room to improve his numbers. Um, this season, he started 65% of uh, the Rangers games, which over a full season works out to almost 55 games. Um, but he was also injured for uh, three weeks and missed 10 games in the middle of the season. So if you like, you know, give him say seven of those games, that number looks a lot higher. And I could see him starting even like 60 games this coming season, if he can stay healthy. So yeah, that's, that's what I think in terms of the volume um, is he got a lot this year. He started 16 of their last 20 games of the season. um, And I would expect him to play, you know, four out of five games uh, this coming season as well. That is a heavy workload, but hey, either way, it, maybe I'm entirely wrong. It uh, looks like I'll be drafting Shesterkin in a lot of leagues. That's This is also why I ended up drafting 
uh, Nuge in a bunch of leagues last year. Yeah, how'd that one work out, Mason? Because he just sounded so correct in everything that he said. <laughs> and it didn't work out so well. But yeah, probably the same reason that I, well, I don't want to spoil anything maybe for some of our other forward lists here. But yeah, so we already have someone in uh, Mason's top 10 here. So I guess I'll go ahead and jump into my top 10 here. I've got Varlama. And he's someone that obviously might see a little bit of a timeshare here, but that's pretty much the only kind of knock you can have on him. Obviously, elite save percentage. He's on a team that's, you know, not going to give up a ton of great offensive chances. And he's some, someone that I have here 10th because, yeah, he's great, but he might not see that same volume. If someone's just looking at his save percentage or just looking at his goals against average, probably might go a little bit higher. So definitely be careful with where you get them. But I think right here at 10th overall, he's a great pick. PJ, you have him anywhere in your top 10? Yeah, actually I have Barlamov at, where do I have him placed right here? I have him placed in eight. So a couple spots higher. Uh, I'm with you hundred percent. The reason why he probably dropped down lower on the list for me was just because of that timeshare risk. Um, you know, he might not get the same volume, but he's been a guy who's just been, you know, he plays in arguably one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, and, you know, that's just going to help his numbers. The only downside with that is sometimes he doesn't actually see as many shots because uh, the team actually plays a bit better in front of him. But his quality start percentage was right at the top of the league last year. I forget if he was one or two uh, for quality starts. And he just as a goalie who continually over like the past three years has just always been there in that quality start con like conversation, goal saved above average conversation. He's just been one of those players who consistently proves it. And I think part of it is the system. So, you know, some of it goes to that system versus the, the goalie. But at the same time, I think there's something to be said about him playing because he played in Colorado as well and he still had some good numbers. But yeah, if I look at the past three years of a goal saved above average, he's 10th of any goalie. And so that's something that I just like to look at as well. And his save percentage over the, the past, uh, and sorry, that's at five on five, but then uh, also his save percentage was pretty high. I, I don't have the number right in front of me right now, but um, he was up there as well. Uh, I actually don't have Varlamov in my top 10, um, which for me is the is the volume. I think the three things that I mentioned, and I'll probably be bringing up a lot, are I want a good team, a good goalie, and lots of volume. Um, I completely agree that the Islanders are a great defensive team and um, he's a very good goalie. So I have no problems with that. Um, he's an honorable mention for me, but I didn't have him in my top 10 yet just because of the volume. He did start 60% of the games this year, but I mean, even before this season, a lot of people were worried about uh, Sorokin taking too many starts from him and maybe just taking the starting job outright. Uh, obviously that didn't happen and it might not happen again this year, but I think um, now that Sorokin's been more adjusted to the NHL, um, he'll probably get, you know, longer training camps and things like that with the team um, in the off season that he didn't have last year. Um, he's shown he can be good in the playoffs. He won all four games against uh, Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Um, well, Varlamov lost the other two. And I know Varlamov had the net basically for the rest of the playoffs. But, you know, I think they view him as uh, the heir apparent to Varlamov. They want to get him into more games this year. Um, and so that's why Varlamov's outside my top 10. I think the reason that Varlamov won't see a big, or not even a big, I don't think he's just going to see much of a downplay and starts at all. It's just because of how good the Islanders did in the playoffs. And because they see their team as someone who's competing for the cup 
this year. So if you see that Varlamov is struggling, yeah, maybe that'll happen. But if Varlamov is putting up the numbers that I think he should put up, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't get two out of every three starts. I agree. I think the Islanders are going to go with whoever gives them the best chance to win each game. They want to go for it this year. Um, Yeah, I just think if basically exactly what we thought last year, you know, maybe Sorokin will step in and take more starts. Um, You know, maybe that's only a 35% chance, but it's still enough to bump him down a little bit for me than he would be otherwise. And I know the uh, goalie changer, like uh, goalie stat adjustments have been changed this year coming up, but even looking at last year, he was in the top 10 uh, goalies last year, looking at what, you know, that sort of stat, I believe he was sixth overall, if I'm remembering correctly, sixth or seventh. So like Mason said, we might see a few more of those starts disappear as they try and bring the next guy in and get him some more starts this year i just still see varlama being the the main starter maybe losing a couple games i don't think it'll be a 50 50 split yet i think that they still need to marinate their younger guy a bit more and i just think that Verlamov will he's put up good numbers for the most part you did mention that one playoff series for sure i i agree he lost those ones but that's also part of the team. It's not always just the goalie. Last time I thought uh, PJ had the most intriguing list, but now I think Mason has the most intriguing list so far. And that, that did translate uh, to PJ into first place. Let's see what that does for Mason. So Mason, let's hear who you've got 10th overall. Yeah. So 10th place for me and uh, shout out to Chris Ladner, who absolutely loves this player um, is Carter Hart. And uh, <laughs> I, again, um, for me, that's uh, the three things I'll keep going back to. I think he's got a lot of volume. I think he's on a great, or not a great team, but he's on a good team. And uh, say what you will about how good he is as a goalie. I think Martin Jones is categorically worse. So um, yeah, I- What does that have to do with it? (laughs) Martin Jones is his backup, Dave. So this isn't a backup goalie list. That's why I think Carter Hart's going to get the volume because um, Martin Jones as his backup has uh, the unique privilege of being the only, only goalie in the NHL to have his goals against average decrease or increase. So get worse uh, over the last eight years in a row. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if he can make it even worse this year on probably a better team in Philadelphia. But um, yeah, I think Carter Hart obviously had an absolutely brutal year this past year, but um, the two seasons before he was above average, an above average goalie in his first two seasons, um, those seasons he played a lot more games than this last one too. So it's a larger sample size and um, obviously has a good pedigree, high draft price, all those kind of things. So um, the team wants him to succeed. They believe in him. And yeah, I think he'll start a lot of games, probably just league average, save percentage, whatever. Uh, It doesn't really matter as long as he's getting that volume. Yeah, that 0.5 decrease in goals against this season, I think will really benefit the guys with volume. And so that's why I think goalies like this might jump ahead of Varlamov just because, you know, Carter Hart's going to let in a lot more goals than Varlamov, but he's also going to make a lot more saves. And um, those extra goals are going to hurt him less this year than they did last year. Carter Hart is not on my list. I will be first to say that. Uh, I don't think he's on Dave's list as well from his response. I agree on a number of things you said, Mason. I'm not fully writing him off like many have. I think he does have the potential to bounce back a bit. I don't think he'll have as bad of a season as he did last year, because that would be uh, unfortunate if he did. 
for their team as well. But I still, even with the volume that he might be getting more of, which I agree, having Jones as the backup definitely leads to him still being probably a 60-40 split at least. I just don't think that the bounce back necessarily is going to bring him up enough to jump over some of my guys in that top 10. He's still somebody that maybe I'll look at later rounds for based on that volume shooting. But I also feel like he's because of his terrible season last year, he's going to fall in a lot of draft lists. People aren't going to have him on the radar. And I think you could get him a lot lower than in the, you know, the top 10 list of, of who I've got. So he may be somebody I look at in a later round, just purely based on volume. But I wouldn't also be surprised if we see him on free agency at a point or something throughout the year. If somebody's got him and he goes through a little bad streak and they get worried again, and you might be able to pick him up or stream him in or something like that. Um, but yeah, he is a volume starter. So there are some benefits there for sure. Getting saves as well. Just, you know, every save counts for, for a point in that or 0.35 or whatever it is. Um, so there are some benefits to having him. I just don't think he cracks the top 10 in my mind. Hard stinks like he stinks he is so bad i might not even have him in my top 20 had this been last year and you had put him in your top 10 okay yeah i might get with you in fact i even drafted him in tier one a couple last year that's how i know firsthand that this man stinks he is bad volume starts here would only apply if you are in a cats league and you just pick them up to rack up those saves or something like that to get those occasional six to five wins, you know, something like that. But no, their team got worse. The only way that I could see this pick making sense, they used to kind of try and split up like their top three lines to be relatively equal. Now, if they try and kind of maybe heavy load that top line and try and make some of their other lines a little bit more defensively efficient, maybe and they also incorporate like a complete coaching philosophy change no this is you you draft him this high and you can certainly join my uh cash money goalie league any day and just to uh build off that Dave because I do agree I don't even think I'd put him in my my top 20 either and part of that being even over the past two years his shots against he's sitting around uh, 24th in the league for goalies. So even with the volume starts he's been seeing, he's still not, you know, one of the highest shots against goalies. You know, Philadelphia doesn't leak through shots like some of the other teams there. You could find a volume start goalie who is probably going to let in the same amount of goals, but actually see more shots. So there would be some more value and even some older guys like that. Even not that he will, but Martin Jones has seen more shots over the past two years than than him. But I am not saying that Martin Jones is a better goalie by any means, because I do not believe that. But just saying, you know, there are some volume starters that still I would take above him, even that are outside of my top 10 list. Carter Hart stank so bad this year. We were calling him Carter Fart, but I think he's going to turn things around this year. I disagree that the team got worse. And moving out Voracek, they got back Atkinson, who, at least from the advanced stats that I saw, he's better defensively. Uh, they brought in Ryan Ellis, who's obviously a big upgrade on Philippe Myers. Um, and say what you will about Risto, he's also replacing a third-pairing defenseman for them. So um, I don't think they got worse defensively, probably about the same. Um, maybe Ellis helps. I don't know. It's too hard to predict. But I think their team you know, is going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, I think if he bounces back, 
um, in terms of his stats, then the pathway is there for him to get a lot of volume and score a lot of points. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for is a pathway to a ton of starts and um, getting a lot of points from that. So I agree with PJ that he's going to be falling way down draft boards. He might even go undrafted. So this is a bit of a swing, but like I said, I like that that pathway to volume. And I think I mean, all of the guys we've talked about so far, I think Chesterkin's a great mid-round target. Varlamov will probably fall down because of worries about Sorokin and Carter Hart's going to go really late. I think I'd like all three of those guys at uh, what will probably be their draft price. Fair enough. I I appreciate you not pandering. You're taking who you truly believe is the 10th overall goalie. And so I respect that. And listen, hey, Mason knows his stuff. If you're sitting there and some of these goalies are available around the same range, know you're rolling with a smart dude in Mason. So maybe uh, go with him there. All right. So those are all our 10th overall people. Let's swing it back to uh, PJ to hear who you've got ninth overall. Yeah. So for ninth overall, I went with Jack Campbell, uh, 29 years old plan taking over the reins in Toronto, a a team that each year we expect probably more than what they give us. But I do believe he's he's playing behind a a pretty good team in the league. He's got a lot of firepower up front. D maybe has some some holes in it. But I think the the main argument around Campbell's numbers last year that I heard from reading different articles was that they were inflated by being in the North Division last year, which Yes, that might be the case, but I also do believe he is a good goalie and he has even been a good goalie since his days in LA when he was playing backup. His his numbers proved that. He just didn't get the the opportunities playing behind Quick at the time when Quick was still, you know, putting up pretty good numbers stuff like that. If he can keep his goals against down on a team that maybe has, you know, some some weaknesses on the back end at times, he still ranked around 17th at goals saved above average over the past 3 years. Um, that's at five on five again. We actually may see more shots because Toronto is going to be facing some harder talent this year than what they did in the North Division. So we might see more shots coming through. Um, and I believe as much as, again, there is some competition there bringing in Mrazek and stuff like that, I think he is the clear cut starter and he may not be the same like volume starter as some of the teams that don't have a, a backup who could you know, steal a start here away from him. But I do believe Campbell will be the starter. They kind of proved that last year. They didn't even give Anderson a shot when he came back. And yeah, I think if the Leafs can hopefully start putting together even the seasons that most expect them to be able to, uh, he's going to play on a team that's going to get him wins. He's probably going to do pretty good on saves. His goal save above average is, is pretty up there in the league, uh, you know, within the over the top half. I think he could be a pretty solid pick uh, around that ninth spot. And I also just want to think that, like, you know, we saw what Anderson did on that team even, say, two, three years ago in front of Toronto. And I think Campbell was proven that he was a better goalie for that system last year, for sure, from what they've done. So if he could you know, build on what the team's done in front of him, he could have a potential to to be higher up in the rankings than than what I think some would put him. I did not have Campbell in my top 10. Starting to think that all of our goalie lists might be drastically different. But let's see, Mason, did you have Campbell in your top 10? No, I'm with you, Dave. Uh, I do not have Campbell in my top 10. Yeah. He's not even an honorable mention for me, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually not for me as well. I don't like Toronto. 
I don't trust Campbell. I don't trust that he'll even be able to earn the starting spot. In fact, if I had to rank him, I'd probably rank Mrazek. I have more confidence in him than I do Campbell, even if Campbell might get the initial opportunity. What do you think, Mason? Yeah, I think they view Campbell maybe as a 1A, but I think Toronto is going to want to give each goalie 50% of the starts, just go back and forth, a true timeshare. You know, there's always the chance for Mrazek to get injured, uh, which has been common, but Campbell has also commonly been injured. So it's tough to, yeah, tough to read too much into that. I think they're going to do 50-50 as long as it's healthy. And so uh, for me, you got a good team. You got a good goalie, probably, but you don't have the volume uh, to make him a top 10 goalie, in my opinion. I'm still sticking with my pick. I'm still happy with it at that ninth spot. Hey, man. I got that Canadian bias. (laughs) Yeah, except that I I lived in Ontario for a very long time, and uh, I am not a Leafs fan. Uh, That is very clear. But it was just, I just think the situation he's in might lend to him having a, a pretty decent season. I did mention, and I do agree, there are some question marks, and if Mrazek steals it away, I was reading a bunch of stuff, and most are looking at it to be about a 60-40 split going Campbell, but there are question marks around that for sure. You may not be a Leafs fan, PJ, but uh, you sure know how to pander to those top 10 list voters. (laughs) (laughs) That Toronto, Toronto, Yeah. yeah. Here, I'll give you a tip, Mason. It's don't pick Carter Hart in your top 10. <laughs> oh, man. I just I just wanted to secure Chris Ladner's vote. That's all I'm out for with that pick. Nah, that was... Get one vote for every pick, you're good. You'll get, you'll get the Weeb vote. You'll get the... He's a, he's a Flyers fan. But all right, let's see here. So I, I'll go next to give Mason a break here. And I don't think... I'm starting to suspect that I might be the only person who ranked this guy in the top 10 and maybe with reason, but I'm going with Grubauer here at number nine with the uh, Kraken. Now I understand obviously expansion team and all that jazz. Uh, They don't really have a ton of offense. Maybe they won't put up a ton of wins necessarily. And obviously they drafted uh, Drieger as well. Yeah. And Drieger might steal some starts as well. They stole him from Florida at a pretty hefty price. And so this might be a timeshare, but I just think for the amount of money that they're paying Grubauer for how good Grubauer is, I think he's going to get the majority of the starts. I at least, I don't necessarily love the team that the Kraken drafted. I love the defense that the Kraken drafted. And I think that their kind of idea is just get a very defensively minded team get a defensively minded strategy and just kind of grind out these games to keep them as close as possible while also keeping your salary pretty freaking low as well so i think that they're going to be a team that even though they might not necessarily want a ton of games i think he's gonna at least get a every two out of every three starts and i think he's gonna put up a very good safe percentage what do you guys think yeah he's not a guy i have in my top 10 but he was somebody i definitely looked at especially with the season he just had um you know he was he was up there in voting for being one of the top goalies in the league and you know he's definitely moving into a different team we don't really know what the system's gonna like look like but i do agree the d looks big and it looks tough to play against and i think that's gonna bode well maybe in that strategy unfortunately they don't have necessarily as much the firepower up front so i don't know how many wins that he's going to be getting but you're right he has proven to be a, a pretty good goalie i wouldn't say he's one of the best goalies i think part of it was team for him um, but looking at underlying numbers he does have some 
some quality numbers. And I think he could be a potential guy who, like you said, is going to have volume. I don't know that I would put him in my top 10 again, but I do think he's somebody worth considering definitely, you know, as the drafts go on a little bit later, he's somebody I would consider and, and maybe take a bit of a flyer on because we just don't really know. I know a lot of people were super low on Vegas when they first did. I definitely think Seattle is the weaker team between the two recent expansion drafts. Um, just looking at as little firepower that they have up front. But at the same time, like you said, their D looks pretty good. So who knows what could happen? Maybe they can play a kind of New York Islanders, Montreal Canadian style of game and just grind through teams and pull out some one nothing wins against somebody. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but he did not make my top 10. Yeah, he didn't make mine either. I think there's too many question marks. Just with the new team, they they could be very good in the Pacific. I think they could be a playoff team um, and he could also be the starter. And so to me, he's a wild card pick. He could definitely end up in the top 10 or he could be really bad if Seattle ends up not being good and, you know, Dreedger ends up taking a lot of the starts. So um, I see it as a 1A, 1B, and I see Seattle as kind of just missing the playoffs level of team. So um, it's mostly the volume for me, but there's also just a lot of questions about Seattle. Yeah, that and that's very fair. Both my guys here at 10 with Barlamov and 9 for Grubauer were both guys that potentially could be 1A, 1B type guys, but I thought that they have a very good chance of both being just on very solid defensive teams and that someone if you do get late could set you up in potentially a very good spot and for both of these guys well especially for Grubauer this could be someone who it depends if the people that you're drafting with are drafting based on last year's stats or drafting based on the projections for next year because it's very possible that Yahoo, ESPN, Fantrax, whatever you're on is projecting the Kraken to just completely suck and be terrible. And so you might be able to get him at like a very good discount. But if, obviously, if someone's looking at his last year stats, maybe they're taking him a little bit higher. Yeah, um, it's crazy because he finished fourth overall in goalie points last year. And um, in the mock draft we just did, he went in the 13th round, which is super late. And uh, I agree that at that point, you might as well, if you don't have a goalie, take a swing on him and um, he could end up returning a lot of value if he finishes closer to the the fourth than to like the 25th goalie off the board. Yeah, he's definitely someone who, if you don't have a goalie by that 13th round and you see that he's still available, you're like, heck yeah, let's, let's roll with it, see what we can do. Okay, so that was my uh, number nine overall. We've already heard PJ's number nine overall in Campbell. Uh, let's head with you, Mason. Who's your ninth overall? My ninth overall goalie is Cam Talbot. And he is on a pretty good team in Minnesota. I think they're a very solid defensive team. Um, over his career, he's posted a 915 save percentage, uh, which is league average, or by this point, it's probably above league average. Um, he's played a lot of games. So that's a massive sample size. And I think that uh, Minnesota will be fighting for a playoff spot. So they're definitely in that hunt as well. And um, I don't believe in Kakanen uh, taking over a lot of the starts like I think some people do. Um, I was just having a discussion about that this morning. And yeah, Kakanen's uh, season, he only put up a 902. He started really hot, but then um, really tailed off especially when Talbot was injured. So yeah, a 915 to a 902, that's a big difference. Um, so I think that solidifies him as, as a clear starter as long as he can outplay Kakanen. 
Um, and when he wasn't injured this past season, he was the clear starter. Um, the split was like a 56 to 26 games uh, rate for a full season. So I think you can expect that 55 starts as long as he continues playing well. And since Minnesota's in a tough division this year and will need to win games to make the playoffs, um, I'm pretty sure they'll play whoever gives them the best chance to win, which in my mind is Talbot. So yeah, pretty good goalie above average on an above average defensive team. And uh, I think he'll have the volume. They they will have to win games to uh, get into the playoffs there, Mason. <laughs> Funny how that works like that. I actually, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they'll be a bubble team and we'll need to win in that last 10 games. They'll be competitive. Like, we'll be yeah. Sitting way up there in the second place in the division. I actually, yeah, I did not have Talbot on my list. He's a league average goalie. Like you said, like 915. I don't necessarily agree that Minnesota is going to be a good team this year. I think they maybe got lucky with a little bit of a weak division last year. And I'm not also completely confident about the split. Talbot's getting a little bit older. He was on the verge of my uh, honorable mentions, but just someone that I didn't feel confident with someone that I would definitely draft going forward, whichever one in my top 10, I would definitely draft. Uh, what do you think, Pete? Do you have him anywhere? I didn't have Talbot, uh, which is funny because last year Talbot was a guy I was actually targeting in a lot of drafts because I thought the new move to the team being a bit more of a defensive system than what he had been familiar with playing was going to be a, a pretty big boost to his numbers. And although I think he had a good season for sure last year, I don't think I see him continuing to progress. If anything, it's staying similar or likely going down a bit. I do think um, Kakinen going to have a couple more starts pulled away from him, but I'm not fully on the other side of things. Like Mason was saying, he's talked to some people where they think he's going to be stealing a whole bunch. I think he might steal a few more this year from that ratio, but you know, they did draft a goalie in the first round this year. They're looking towards him being their future goalie and say, five-ish years let's let's say they're going to have him start coming in and in the meantime they're probably going to want Kakanen to be their goalie till he's ready to come and start pushing for that starter spot so I just believe the team itself is probably going to start trying to see a little bit more of what they've got in them give them a few more starts but like Mason said I don't think he's going to be stealing a 50-50 split or anything like that from Talbot but I just, his save percentage is a bit low. His goal saved above average wasn't standing out in top 10 numbers for me, uh, even on a year that, you know, I did, he, I had him on a couple fantasy teams and he did pretty good for me in fantasy as like a very late pick in drafts. And I got more value out of him than where I drafted him, but I wouldn't put him in my top 10 list. I think if you were drafting him in the top 10 goalies, you're probably going to lose value in him personally that's my my thought on it yeah so i'll just i guess highlight again why why i'm thinking the way that i am and um this past season even though he missed a month to injury um he was still i think 12th in terms of total saves for nhl goalies and only four of those goalies above him had a better save percentage so um i think his uh saves are going to be uh in the top 10 if he's not missing a month to injury and um, that 915 puts him at the top half of those top 10 um, volume starters too. Recency bias Mason. That's what I like to call him. So we've got ninth overall for Mason is Talbot. Ninth overall for PJ is Campbell and ninth overall for myself is Grubauer. Moving on to eighth overall. And I think from here, don't worry, this isn't going to go on forever people. I think most of us are going to have 
at least I think we're going to have <laughs> relatively uh, the rest of our goalies from here on out will be the same. So it won't take too much longer, but uh, so we had PJ has, we already talked about has Varlamov at eighth overall. And then, so I'll go here to give uh, Mason a breather here. I have Mark Andre Fleury, the flower here at eighth overall. You guys, you guys smell that? Ah, yes. That's the scent of Fleury. He's not retired yet. And there's only a reason why he wouldn't want to be retired is because he actually wants to play. I am not worried about the timeshare there in Chicago with Lankinen. He's still young. He's not in the position to be able to actually take a 1A, 1B split here. And I think the coaches are smart enough to realize that Flurry is so much better if you give him just consistent starts and things like that. Not only that, but I don't really believe in Chicago necessarily on defense. They're going to give up a ton of shots, which I love. Flurry's so much better when he's facing a ton of shots, when he's getting all those starts. I love all that. And I kind of love this Chicago team. He's, they're a little bit of a sleeper team this year. I think he's going to get a decent amount of wins on top of all of that. And He's already the best goalie in the league. He just proved that last year. I mean, granted, he was on the Vegas Golden Knights, a little bit of a different team, but the fact remains that he did win the trophy for being the best goalie. Uh, so let's hear it, uh, PJ. Did you have the flower anywhere in your top 10? I didn't have him in the top 10, but funny enough, he was the guy who was sitting in my 10th overall spot yesterday or whatever when I then decided to go with Shesterkin. And I think a lot of what you said is the reason. I think he'll get the volume starts. I think he's the clear-cut starter on that team now. He's coming off a really, really good season, but we also do have to remember he didn't necessarily have the strongest season before that. And so there are a few question marks there. He's getting up in age. He would have been the oldest guy on my list at 36, but I do like the goalie and I do like a bit of the situation. I'm kind of with you where Chicago, you know, they had a rough season last year. You know, if we're going to see Taves and stuff come back, those could be pretty big boosts. I don't know that I'm talking that they're going to be a guaranteed playoff team or anything, but I don't think they're going to be as low as what they were this past year. And I think they might surprise a few people, especially if some of their younger guys can take a step forward. Look at like Alex Nylander and stuff. I, I think he'll get a shot in the top six to start. And he's been off a whole year. Taves was off a whole year. You know, they've moved on from Duncan Keith and they're letting some other guys kind of take over in that that realm I'm not the biggest Seth Jones fan myself I do think he's an okay player but I don't think he's what the price tag they're paying him for but I also like that as a step up on what their D was so I do like the move for Chicago for sure and I think that whole team will be slightly stronger. And you're right. He'll just get a lot of shots. He'll, you know, hopefully be able to keep his consistent play up from, from last year. And I think he could be a sneaky one where if he falls in drafts, he's somebody for sure I'm going to be looking at. Cause I, I think he could have a better season than maybe where his draft spot will go. Although there is the recency bias with a lot of people. And if they look at him being Vesna trophy winner last year he might get drafted higher so it really depends on your league what what's happening with with how people are going off the board that's why we call him recency bias dave uh yeah i think that you know <laughs> i i don't hate flurry uh he's was just outside my top 10 he's a was an honorable mention but i really don't think i'll be drafting him this year because i think a lot of people will 
put a lot of stock into this past season, um, which is weird because Grubauer was fourth overall this last year and then is now like completely undrafted after moving to a new worst team. And then Flurry is also moving to a new worst team, but it seems like people are, you know, still willing to take him. Um, maybe because they don't see Lankanen as the same kind of challenger as um, Dreedger, or maybe they think Chicago is going to be a lot better than Seattle. Um, I am not confident in saying either of those things. And um, so like PJ said, uh, he's entering his age 37 season. He was bad the two seasons before this one. Um, so I think I would put some, some stock into that as he's getting older. Um, Lankanen proved last year that he's pretty good and he'll probably split the starts as more of a 1A, 1B situation. Chicago really only has Flurry for one one year. So I'm actually not sure how that will go, whether they're just like, oh, we'll run him into the ground. It doesn't matter. He's not coming back or whether they'll be like, we want to develop our young guy um, alongside this veteran. So it, that could go either way. But um, I think he's moving. I mean, he's obviously moving to a new team and new system. Uh, it's a worse defensive team than Vegas. Um, I think he'll probably be fine. And so that's why I'd have him as an honorable mention. But I think both his floor and his ceiling take a hit and uh, things could completely fall off. I'm pretty nervous about goalies, especially moving to new teams and predicting that they're going to do what they did on their old team. I would disagree to say that Lankanen was fine last year. I think anyone who had him always saw those people that were tweeting about how he played versus the good teams versus how he played versus the bad teams. And he played significantly better versus uh, the bad teams in what was it the central division last year and so especially if that happens that I predict that Chicago will be better and they do have a shot at making a playoff run with you know kind of maybe their last hurrah with Taves and Kane they see that window closing kind of thing I don't see any chance at it being a 1a 1b type of thing like I could easily see in it being a flurry three out of every four type thing. And so that's kind of my reasoning there. PJ, what do you think about Lincoln and threatening him? Yeah. So the one interesting thing is when you look at the rankings in the couple last year for just, you know, season totals, Lincoln and actually finished 10th in goalies for, for couple points. So, you know, he, he was still up there. Um, and the funny, other funny part is, when Leonard was on Chicago, he actually had an amazing season, even on a team that wasn't doing that well. So goalies have found a way to be fantasy relevant on that team. Um, and that's what kind of interests me a bit. I'm with you thinking that Lankanen is probably is, is not the superior goalie between the two, but also Mason's not wrong. If they have Flurry for one year, are they just going to run him into the ground? Who knows with Chicago, they might be trying to make that kick of the can with the, you know, the older talent they've got, and they're going to go with it. Uh, why why wouldn't you run flurry into the ground exactly so they might just go for it uh it's just the only reason you wouldn't is if you're trying if they are thinking that lankanen will be a goalie of the future for them and they want to see a bit more what they got but i'm with you i think if you know no reports yet that i know of that taves is 100 percent back but i have heard things of him skating and potentially coming back and if they have taves and kane and um, those guys, they're probably going to try and push for it. They need to prove to those guys that they're willing to to play their best players. Because I think there was a lot of drama around when they moved away from Crawford and all their like historical goalies, and they kind of went with a like slew of of uh, lesser knowns for for a year or two. So I think they'll run them. I think he'll probably do it. Like I said, he was an honorable mention for me too. I did kind of toy with him around that tenth spot at times. 
Uh, I just opted to bump them down a little bit just because of some question marks around the team and, and what's going to happen. Yeah, I, just to add my three criteria, good team. Eh, there's a question. Uh, is he a good goalie? Will he put up good stats this year? There's a question about that too. He's obviously a good goalie, but you know, there's a question of whether he's going to repeat this last season or look like more of the goalie from two and three years ago. Um, and then the third one is volume. I think there's a question again about Lankanen. Um, if all three of those hit, if Chicago's good, Flurry outplays Lankanen and, um, you know, puts up good save percentage, he could easily be a top three goalie. So, um, yeah, I think my like volume approach is looking more for a floor and some of these guys that you have, Dave, if, if things go well, they could be fantastic. Yeah, that that's completely fair. And I will say that kind of like what we talked about with how he did last year and the name value and all of that stuff, even here at eighth overall, I would kind of doubt that he would still be available, especially if you're playing in a league with kind of maybe like your hometown friends, maybe there's not as many sharps and things like that. They're going to kind of gravitate towards those big names, maybe over some of the names that you haven't heard appear on our list quite yet. But maybe they'll they maybe they would be more inclined to take Flurry as like the fourth or fifth overall goalie, something like that. So something just to keep in mind. But I think if he is here, uh, he is good value, even though he didn't make PJ and Mason's list. So let's see here. Let's head over to yeah, Mason. What is your eighth overall goalie? Yeah, uh, just to preface this, this was a really tough one for me. I had this guy ranked fourth for a bit and then moved him down, thought about putting him at like nine below all my volume starters. Um, I ended up bumping him above Talbot um, because of some of the things that we've talked about. Um, so he's an, he's an odd duck for me. He fits the picture more of like a top five goalie but yeah I guess I'll just say who it is and keep going from there uh, it's Darcy Kemper I have at eight so where do you guys have him I have uh, Kemper at uh, sixth overall so yeah just uh, a little bit above where where you're looking for sure and I agreed with your uh, it sounds like initial take there Mason I had him fourth overall yeah I think again it's if things break right he can definitely be one of those goalies uh, right up at the top I think uh, the volume is a bit of a concern for me with Francois coming back I'm not I really have no idea how many starts he's going to get um, I think Kemper will be at least the 1A, but to me, that's the difference between him being at fourth or being at eighth is whether he's the starter or whether he's the 1A, and we just don't really know that yet. Um, but obviously, Colorado's a fantastic team. I think Kemper is a very talented goalie. Um, so it's just the volume that's in question. But I think the thing that bumped him down for me from fourth was uh, in addition to the, is he going to be the starter? Um, is whether he can stay healthy for a full season. And we don't have a long track record of him staying healthy. So that's the main thing for me. He did a couple of years ago, he played 55 games. So he's shown he can do it, but uh, it also seems to be rare. So uh, those are my concerns that he might not get enough volume and he might not be able to stay healthy all season. I did also have him higher at first and bumped him up, down a bit based on some of the similar things you said. I, I think I actually did have him slotted in at fourth originally as well. Um, and I think the main one for me is just, this could be like an amazing opportunity for Kemper. I'm really excited to see what he'll do with the opportunity. His place, um, you know, on the team will hopefully be the starter, but I'm with you. There's some, some questions on it, but he's also been playing on a team where he's put up still good numbers, 
but playing for a team that can't give him wins. And now he's going to be playing on a team that can give him wins, even if he plays, you know, a little bit less than, you know, what we think the injuries are kind of a concern. Francis coming back, maybe stealing starts, but uh, he's also coming off of, uh, I forget what the injury was he had, but he was out for pretty much the whole season, if not the whole season last year. And Kemper also has one more year on his contract. So he's in a bit of a prove it position, which could bode well for him. You know, he was a top 10 or sorry, top 15 in uh, goal saved above average at five on five over the past three years and had a nine two five save percentage at five on five over the past three years. And that was on a weaker team. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do on a team like Colorado. And, you know, I think he'll probably go higher than where you have him or where even I have him at six. I think some people will just see the team value there and he'll probably go slightly quicker. Um, and I'm with you. There's just a few question marks that had me drop them down the list a tiny bit. But I know in lots of us, we talk about goalies being in tiers. And, and I think that tier that he's in could swing him around a couple different kind of mid 10 range um, spots. And, and that's what I like about him. I think he's, uh, you know, if he hits well, he, he has potential to be one of the top goalies in the league this year, I think. Yeah, I'll gladly take him at his true market value right here at fourth <laughs> overall for all the reasons you guys mentioned. The only one that truly kind of sticks out is what Mason said about the injury. But like we said, though, I don't draft scared. Injuries are random, and I do certainly believe that. And if you, I don't necessarily have the percentage of like true uh, Brantu uh, starts last year whenever all the other goalies were were truly healthy, but I think most of his starts were just because he, you know, was around, not necessarily like, obviously he, he played great, but I think that was more of a fact that he was playing on the Colorado avalanche more than he's a great goalie. I think whoever they're going to stick in there is going to be great. So I think that as long as he does stay healthy, which I have no reason to believe that he won't, I think he's going to, yeah, like PJ said, he's in a contract year. No reason to not run him into the ground. They traded for him. They're paying him a lot. He's been great before, and he's playing for one of the best teams in the league. And if you can get him, if you can get a player like that, and if really the only question is that there was a backup goalie that kind of played well and that he might get injured, if you can get that as a fourth overall goalie, I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah, for me, like in a Cats league, he might even be, I might draft him third, like as the third best goalie. And same with a lot of the guys that you've had, Dave. I just, um, with the couple scoring and especially the lowering the points uh against for goals against um volume is where i'm looking and since that's the question for him that's where he would drop down in my cupful rankings but um like you i would rate him very highly in a cats league fair enough so you, so you think francis is gonna steal a, a bunch of those starts or, or do you think he's more likely he's gonna get injured because i don't see any reason why he shouldn't be a volume start yeah i don't expect him to get to get injured necessarily um i don't think those are super predictive but uh, i do think francis will take more starts than maybe some people think who think he's just going to be pure volume at least there's a question mark there i you know maybe maybe he most likely scenario is that he gets the volume but um you know they had grubauer there who everyone saw as a top few goalie every year and um, when francis was healthy he was taking a ton of those starts so um i think 
the team might look at his injury history and say, Hey, we don't want to give him 55 games because, you know, we have the risk of him getting injured. And then we go into the playoffs with, you know, Francis and our third string goalie, whoever that is, and we're not going to win any games. So uh, I think the team has an interest in keeping him healthy um, given his track record. And I think that Francis has also shown that, he can win games in Colorado. They aren't going to need to run him into the ground because they're going to be right at the top of the division. And so they might just, you know, give him some rest, especially down the stretch, which in fantasy hockey is rough when you get into playoffs and your starting goalies start getting benched. I uh, just, you know, as I look and pull up a few more things that I had looked at before, uh, you know, the, the more I look at it, the more I'm surprised that I bumped them down to six to be perfectly honest um but i do agree with mason i think the only real reason for me bumping him down was just a question versus some of the other guys where i see them like clear cut super good volume start guys versus kemper he's had a better save percentage than grubauer has over the past three seasons at all strengths he's had a better save percentage five on five He's had better goals saved above average and now he's moving and that was well playing on a weaker team. And now he's moving to the team. I don't have any reason to think that he would not get at least the amount of starts that Grubauer got, if not more. Um, so I do agree that he'll be up there. I think he's going to be great. I'm really excited to see what he does. And again, he's in that contract year. So let's, let's see if he proves it and tries to get a contract to stay around there long-term. It'll be interesting to see. Okay. So that was Mason's, Eighth overall was Kemper. I had Flurry, and PJ had Varlamov. And so we've already heard that uh, Mason had Shesterkin seventh. Let's go ahead and hear your seventh there, PJ. Yeah, so I went with Bennington at seventh overall, 28 years old. And it was a bit of a tricky one for me because I'm actually not a Bennington fan. Uh, I I don't really, <laughs> I don't really, I've never had him on a team. He's not somebody I try to draft. Part of it might be like personality bias. I also just never expect him to do what he does. And he seems to keep somewhat proving me wrong. You know, he was uh, ninth in goal saved above average over the last three years at five on five, uh, which is actually above Barlamov. Uh, he's also, you know, right up there at five on five save percentage. Um, I personally look at five on five save percentage over all situations, purely just because I think it gives me a better idea of who the goalie is versus who they were playing against that had good power plays. I know it's not going to lead to exactly the same on the scoring sheet and that sort of stuff, but that's just how when I'm researching goalies, one of the stats that I look at a bit more. Um, and I had him off my list. I had him bumped into eighth, I, all these spots. And he's like the player I least like having on my top 10 list. But every time I looked at him and every time I put him into a spreadsheet with some of the equations I was doing, he still showed up in that top 10 for me. Um, so this one's a pick purely on, I think he will have a good chance to finish in the top 10 in scoring in the kickoff pull versus a guy I would pick in the top 10. Um, so I just think stat wise, he's going to probably finish up there and would be able to put up the, the couple points that would give you the value of one of the top goalies in, in fantasy scoring in couple standards. 
Uh, well, I know I didn't have him in my top 10. I originally had him like 9, 10, but eventually I had Bennington last year. He's someone I was super high on and he just completely screwed me over. So maybe it's a little bit more of a personal <laughs> decision here more than a statistical analysis. And yeah, maybe whenever you change from minus two uh, points for a goal against to minus 1.5, maybe that should knock him into my top 10. But after what he did to me last year, nah, he, he's not even on my honorable mentions. Get him out of here. He's not in my top 10 either. Uh, he is in my honorable mentions because uh, he checks my three boxes, volume, decent goalie, decent team, that'll be completing for a playoff spot, but it's kind of funny. I've been noticing a trend with our honorable mentions coming from the right wings to the St. Louis blues, uh, because, or just from the right wings to the goalies, uh, with the St. Louis blues, we had Perron, we had Tarasenko, we had a lot of guys, Buchnevich. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny that I, I guess I'm not liking any St. Louis blues right now. Uh, he's the David Prawn of goalies to me. He'll probably be fine. He'll probably put up good numbers. I don't want to draft him. I think like PJ said, it's probably a bit of a personality thing, but also like since his rookie season, he's been a below average goaltender. Um, if we're looking at kind of 915 or above as the standard and um, has been getting worse each year, you know, maybe he bounce, bounces back a little bit and ends up landing inside the top 10. But um, yeah, I just don't love it. He's boring. Get him out of here, like Dave said. Yeah, yeah. the only thing that I could certainly agree with is volume, for sure. Uh, especially, yeah, if you're in those Cats leagues where you're just looking to maybe rack up some saves, maybe get, you know, Blues aren't terrible or we don't really know. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Um, get those wins, potentially. Uh, but as far as a couple goes yeah i'll let i'll let someone else take a chance at him and just to clarify he finished 11th overall in goalies last year in couple scoring he also is 11th overall in yahoo of percentage owned um so he is a guy that others look at and like mason said and and you have uh, you know said as well i don't even like having him in my top 10 list personally but i just thought the value there same thing volume he's on a team even with his uh, save percentage going down, his five on five save percentage over the last three years uh, is still like one of the top 10 in the league for five on five of anyone who's playing, you know, significant amount of games. So, you know, yes, his, it's been going down, but part of that's been, you know, him losing save percentage on the power play and stuff like that, because his save percentage definitely jumps up at five on five. So that might be one where it skews a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I put him on there because I see the value in this scoring. He's not a guy that I'm going to ever reach to to put onto my team. All right. And yeah, this is definitely probably going to be our most variance uh, list, <laughs> I think, out of all of our positions here, uh, because I'll finish up here going with my seventh overall pick. And I'm I'm guessing it's probably my hottest take. I I'd be surprised if anyone has him higher than this, but it's Freddie Anderson, Carolina Hurricanes. And yeah, kind of like what Mason was saying. The only thing here is the question of the volume, but I think that, and I think it's Ranta who's the backup now there in Carolina who might steal some of those starts. But Freddie Anderson, I think he's better than people gave him credit for. 
I think he was stuck behind a crappy defense on in a system that didn't really care about defense. And I think coming down here to Carolina on a team that you could stick someone like the Ned sled behind and he all of a sudden he's top of the league and save percentage top of the league and goals against average. You can stick him in there. You can stick Mrazek in there who stinks. Kind of funny how they switched goalies, right? Toronto and Carolina. But I think he's going to be bonkers. I think he's going to be way better than people realize. I think he's going to get hot. I think he's going to get the volume. But PJ, go ahead. I know you got uh, maybe some issue with this. No, here's my hotter take. I have him fifth overall on my list. This is a player that I've had my ups and downs with over the years. I have him uh, in a dynasty league. But um, much to what you're saying, I believe he he's going to be the starter and behind a very good team in the, in the Hurricanes. Um, and, you know, that team just seems to be getting better. And like you said, kind of anyone who plays behind them, their, their numbers look good. Um, Anderson does have some injury concerns. That's one thing, you know, last year he had a bit of a rough year with injuries, also some less than, um, his average of playing and then also losing, you know, the spot between the pipes when he comes back from injury. But if he can even just slightly get closer to his form from two to three years ago, uh, he was a fantasy top five goalie for like two or three years in a row. Um, I think he finished third in Kakupful like three years ago. Um, and I believe playing behind the Hurricane system is just going to have him put up better fantasy numbers. You know, he had an off year last year for sure. So there are some questions, but I think he can outperform, um, you know, that sort of that pace or anything. And I'm with you. I think he's going to get the volume starts. Rant is a goalie who gets injured and whatever. And, and so can Anderson, but you know, there's, there's so many questions there and there's so many questions on every team, but I think he could potentially come back and be like a top three uh, fantasy in kickupful this year. Um, but I did put him down at uh, my fifth spot. So um, I might've bumped him down a little bit too, cause he's burned me in fantasy playoffs a couple of years. Uh, I remember like losing a series purely on, losing more points than I lost by just from starting him. And I would have won the series had I just benched him. But, uh, but anyways, I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a really good year. So I'm with you on that hot take. I do not have him on my list. And maybe you guys are actually just uh, pulling out a cold take here. And I'm actually the one with the hot take having him outside of my top 10. So uh, at least on this show, I'm the one with the hot take. And uh, remember when I said Martin Jones's numbers had declined eight years in a row and, you know, he's just how bad that is. A Anderson's numbers have declined for the past six seasons straight. That's worse numbers every single year, year over year for six seasons. And that's, he came to Toronto five years ago. So um, he basically just, since he moved to Toronto, he's just been getting worse every single year. Um, I don't have a ton of faith in him rebounding back to, uh, you know, to that 918 goalie after his two years of 909 and 895, which just looks so bad. Um, I do agree that he's probably the starter, but I think the team would prefer to have him as a 1A as long as Ranta's healthy. Um, Ranta might not stay healthy, but uh, all three of us are pretty agreed that injury history doesn't mean you're going to stay injured. Um, I do think what I will read into that 
uh, injury situation is what was said on the Coyotes beat writer podcast, which was that he is one of these guys where, you know, he might have a nagging injury and whereas someone like Ovechkin might play through it, someone like Ranta or Chris Letang is going to be like, oh, hey, sorry, I can't go tonight or I don't think I'll be able to play tomorrow. They're a little wishy-washy like that. Um, so that, that could be frustrating, um, and could end up with Ranta missing games and giving more volume to Anderson, but I think the team would prefer kind of one, a one B and, um, you know, over the last number of years, Ranta's put up better numbers. So it'll be interesting to see who, uh, you know, whether they can justify giving that volume to Anderson if Ranta is healthy and is playing better. So, um, I do like, I like Anderson, I think he'll probably be at a value this year. I think that's what you guys were getting at with being a hot take of him ending in your hot uh, top five. If he's falling in drafts because people are worried about some of the things that I'm bringing up, but um, I'm just not confident necessarily in him as a goalie, nor am I necessarily confident in the volume. Um, I will also say like, yeah, Carolina has been a good defensive team, but they lost Dougie Hamilton. They lost Jake Bean and they brought in, Tony D'Angelo to replace them. So and my D'Angelo's, boy Ethan Bear. And Ethan Bear. I just wanted to focus on the terrible defensive player uh, in Tony D'Angelo. But anyway, I think their defense probably takes a bit of a step back. They also give up very few shots. So in Kukupful, that's that's tough for a goalie. Um, you know, you might only let in two goals, but you're only making 20 saves. So you're missing out on a lot of those potential points. All I know is I would take him 10 times out of 10 before Carter Hart. And I, and I definitely think you're seeing uh, the difference in our uh, goaltending drafting philosophies here in the couple. Some of us leaning towards maybe just more wins and save percentages, where some of us just leaning towards just pure shots kind of thing here. So, all right. So it's good. It's funny because I had Barlamov in a couple last year and he was fantastic, basically off of wins and save percentage. But um, yeah, that's definitely a philosophy thing. And yeah, I think, you know, Carter Hart could definitely be worse. I I actually think after reviewing all of these that I'd put Bennington in my top 10, he definitely fits my, uh, my mold uh, better than some of these guys. Seventh overall, I had uh, Freddie Anderson, Mason had Shesterkin, and Peach had Bennington. And so uh, we actually already talked about Peach's um, sixth overall. He had Kemper. Mason, I want to hear who your sixth overall is. Yeah, I've got Jacob Markstrom at sixth overall. Uh, Calgary was terrible last year, but I think moving from the Canadian division to the Pacific should help Markstrom. Hopefully they have more stability under Sutter as well. Um, I don't think they're going to be an amazing team, but they could be a uh, wild card playoff team. And I think Markstrom is going to get all the volume. So uh, decent team. I think he's a decent goalie and um, he's just going to get a ton of starts, a ton of work. And that's what I like. Uh, yeah. Kind of continuing on our difference of drafting volume. I did not even have him as an honorable mention. PJ, how about you? I did have him as an honorable mention. And Markstrom's a goalie that I was really, really high on. I really wanted him to uh, come over to Edmonton um, when that whole thing was going down. He was a guy I was really excited about. But I also do feel he somewhat does play into a bit of a mold where he was so underrated for so long. 
and I've heard other people say this before, it's not a hot take by me, but I think he was so underrated for so long that now he's almost overrated. And I saw that a bit last year. I agree. Calgary just has not been able to put things together lately. And as an Oilers fan, I love to see that. But I also don't know that it's going to necessarily continue. And I agree with Mason that moving over to the Pacific Division, um, you know, could help. But they were already in the North Division. The North Division was, you know, the the easiest division as everyone. The North said. Division so, had the most scoring of yeah, any division. So, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but you know, he needs that team to work with him. So um, I didn't have him. He was definitely one that was right there uh, in my you know thoughts of that kind of top ten list for sure. If we're doing tiers, he's in probably a tier with some of the guys that I have in that kind of 10th spot um, sort of thing. So he's definitely somebody up there, somebody I was looking at, somebody that I'm interested to see if, you know, he keeps playing and if the team bounces back at all, we could see his numbers go up just a bit more like that. Um, But, you know, they just lost Giordano. I know he's old, but I think Giordano was still a good staple on the back end there. Um, it'll be interesting to see who steps up to take on those shoes there. You know, we've got Balamaki, we've got Rasmus Anderson, guys like that, that are, you know, trying to break their way in. I know Anderson's been there for a little bit now, but um, there's some guys that I'm actually excited about, despite them being on Calgary and, and me being an Edmonton fan. And I think that there are some steps forward to be taken. It's just a bit of a question mark on the team. Cause I'm with you. I, I could see them being a playoff team. I could also see him being pretty low in the division. So it kind of could go either way. Um, and I just, because of those question marks, it dropped it down a little bit. Um, and that was pure, purely team bias and probably team bias as an as Oilers fan as well. Um, but he was a guy that I was looking at and I used to be really high on as well. So um, he's had some great numbers in the past. I think losing his goaltending coach in Vancouver actually has hurt him a little bit, which is something that I talked about to a few of my friends from Vancouver is that, you know, he was in a, a pretty good coaching system before and moved to, I'm not saying a bad one, but just not one that, you know, really helped some goalies like like himself turn it on when he had some pretty uh, underperforming years before. I did not have Markstrom on my list. Um, I think he's, I think Calgary's going to stink this year. I think they might be bottom of the barrel. I think you could see them trading some of their superstars at the trade deadline which has kind of been already discussed recently yeah i mean i think the only reason mason's going him here is just pure starts and pure shots which but when you incorporate those goals against i don't think it's going to come back to you because if you're getting i it might be a little bit hard to say exactly like how many points you want from your how many cupful fantasy points you want from your goalie in a game to make him worth that start i know for me last year at least i was typically around like i want him to get at least like five if he gets like six i think that's pretty good if it's like four i'm like yeah and if it's like three at that point i'm thinking i probably should just drop this guy for like a streamer or something like that in earlier in the week or something like that or and that that is if he's a fringe guy which i completely consider markstrom to be i just don't think that their team's going to be good at all i don't like their defense obviously they lost their captain all that stuff and yeah i just couldn't disagree with you more i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll uh just two other things i guess um first of all i basically see him exactly as uh i see bennington which 
I basically have Markstrom in my top 10 because uh, he's wholesome and Bennington outside because he's a tool. So um, there, there's that uh, aspect to it, I think, um, where I just bump Bennington down for no, no real reason. But goalies moving to new teams always worry me. And um, I think it's, I've said that a little bit earlier and um, I don't really have many goalies moving to new teams on my list here, but um, yeah, I think that we're reading a little bit too much into one shortened season on a new team in a really weird year. Um, so that's why I would have a lot more faith in his numbers bouncing back than I would uh, for Bennington, hey. for example, who's been on the same team and we have a longer sample size. Okay. Bouncing back to what? Like he had 918. Okay. Maybe that's slightly better than average. 912, 912, 910, 915, 879. He was not a good goalie. Uh, 879 was in three games. <laughs> So let's not look at that. Um, over his past five full seasons before this one, uh, he posted a 914. And uh, like we've said, that's league average. And if he's getting 80% of the starts like he did this last season, that's going to be a ton of points. You know, if somebody else gets 60% of the starts, like the, a lot of the guys you are bringing up, like they're going to need to score two more fantasy points per game. Um, which is just a crazy amount in order to make up that volume. So uh, that's why I've got Markstrom. I don't think I've mentioned my sixth overall player here. So I think this, I think I might be potentially the highest guy on this person because I doubt based on who we haven't still talked about, I would be surprised if anyone does. I'm going Carey Price here at sixth overall. I don't think I need to explain too much on why I'm going Carey Price here. Obviously, he didn't have a couple of great seasons, but I think he's showed in the playoffs. He's still got some stuff left in the tank, and I still like the Canadians' defense. They're not playing in that, uh, you know, high-scoring division north anymore. And so let's hear it. PJ, what do you have? Did, or did you have Carey Price anyway? No, I didn't have Carey Price. Um, obviously, he's a guy you got to look at after his playoff performance from last year, but uh, we might be seeing recency bias Dave again here coming out. Um, no, I, he's, he's clearly, in my opinion, still one of the, you know, best goalies probably in the league, even, you know, even though he's getting up there in age and everything, but I have some concerns around some of the off season moves with Montreal. Um, you know, I think they slightly played above who they are to go that far into the playoffs. Although I had some fun watching it. I actually quite enjoyed their, their, uh, you know, their ride to the cup and, and how, much uh, money I made betting them as the underdog. Um, they were awesome for my bank account this year, but I just don't know. He's always been one that was like one of my top goalies for years based on volume. But now that they have Jake Allen there, I think they just keep leaning on Jake Allen because Jake Allen had a good year as a backup. He let them keep Carey Price healthy and rested enough so that he could go do this amazing playoff run that he did where he, played out of his mind and um you know he's still a very exciting goalie to me but because of that and because of i think that he's going to lose starts similar probably to what last year i don't know that he's going to lose that much more than he did ratio wise to last year but jake allen will keep doing it clearly they wanted that because they exposed price they kept jake allen they liked uh, jake allen as the backup there um, and i think they use him especially with price just getting another year older uh, they don't want to completely volume 
drag him down uh, this year, even though I agree, he's a great goalie, amazing goalie, excited to watch him anytime he's played internationally or, you know, throughout his years in the league, he's a really fun goalie to watch, uh, very talented. So um, that's the only reason really he didn't make my top 10. I have to admit, he didn't even really make my honorable mention, even though I kind of looked at him just purely on that volume question. So even though I haven't been as hard on the volume as Mason, this was one where the just knowing that he's probably going to be closer to a 60-40 split, you know, I don't think it's going to be a bit lower, but it potentially could be. So that's where my question marks came with that. Yep, I uh, echo pretty much all of that. Um, he's just a really tough goalie to predict how good he's going to be in the regular season. His last four or five seasons, he had like 920 and then 900 and then 920 and then 910 and then 900. So it's just really hard to uh, figure that out. And um, the main thing for me is I don't think they're going to give him the volume. Uh, like BJ was saying, it worked out really well this year to have Jake Allen take a lot of the starts. And that's literally why they brought him in to not make Carey Price play all the time. And that allowed them to have him in the playoffs when he ups his game. And I think they're going to follow that exact same mold next year. Yeah. And maybe I should explain my reasoning here a little bit further, because I think last year they thought in their mind that they can get away with just kind of sleepwalking to the playoffs. And so they can afford to just preserve him as much as possible, just so they can make sure that they get that four spot, get into the playoffs and then boom, go ahead, carry rock and roll. I think now that they know, kind of like what I was talking about with the Islanders, now that they know how close they got, now that they know how good of a team that they actually had that can go that far into playoffs, they're going to ride carry price a little bit more, maybe instead of like the 55 45 thing you see a little bit more 65 35 and i think montreal has a good enough team that as they kind of carry on into the season you're going to see him doing that much better you're going to see them winning that much more games and it's just going to lead to that much more production and so that i guess that was my reasoning to it if you guys had any thoughts on that one big one for me just the the one question mark with Montreal, I, I still think they're going to be a good team. And I think they're a team that has a lot of young prospects that I'm really excited to watch come up and, and excel. But, you know, reports are that you know, Weber's going to be out for a while. And that's a big, strong defensive body that carries a ton of the workload on their back end. And if he's out the whole season, that's going to be a big hole to fill. Uh, I don't care who they try and put that. I'm a fan of Petrie. I was a fan of Petrie's when he was still on the Oilers. Sad to see him go there, and he's only got better since he's been in Montreal, but he's not a Weber. He's not going to take up those crazy hard minutes. He's not as hard to play against as Weber, um, and so that's my one concern with it. I think Montreal might slightly stumble back, I think, for maybe a year or two until all those players that are like really like I like the Romanovs coming up. I, I'm a huge Suzuki fan. Um, there's all these like, you know, we saw what Caulfield could do in the playoffs like they've got a lot of guys that are going to make that team really good I don't know that this year is their year uh, because of losing some of those pieces and I still don't think that they're going to be going for a you know if they're missing Weber they're not going to be just riding uh carry price or worrying about riding carry price thinking that this is the year that this is the be all end all versus the Chicago we talked about where they've got their guys back and they're healthy and okay we just got to go for it um, so I still think there's going to be a bit more of a split than what you're seeing there, Dave, but who knows, you know, 
I've been wrong about goalies every year. I'll just throw in a fun fact about our mock draft that we just did. So Carey Price went in the middle of the 11th round. Uh, guess what other goalie went in the middle of the 11th round? Carey Hart? Carter Hart. <laughs> uh, what did I say? <laughs> Carey Hart? Carey. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. combined the two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just saying, I think, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, in as, the 11th round, he could be a good pick if he, if he can put up good numbers this year. Yeah, as we kind of like talk, this this was my one pick right now as we kind of hear you guys' explanations on everyone else's picks and stuff like that. I think I'd probably maybe move him back down a little. I'd, I'd still keep him on my top 10, but I'd maybe, now that I'm hearing you guys talk, maybe move him down to like ninth or 10th, something like that. So kind of more around that range. So, okay, I can agree with you there. And I think we're getting pretty close here. I'm pretty sure... My top four remaining that haven't been talked about here and PJ's top four. I still, I know Mason has a, must have a wonky pick here. So Mason, so just to recap, my top, my number six was Price. Mason's number six was Mark Stroman and uh, PJ's number six was Kemper. And so uh, Mason, let's hear, you must have someone up there that's a little bit of an outlier here. I Yeah, I think my pick at number five is pretty much exactly who you guys are not going to have in your top 10, which I guess is exactly what you had with Price. But um, I have Thatcher Demko at five. Um, don't know if you guys had him in his top 10. And um, just because I still have our, our mock draft screen up, uh, I ranked all these goalies before this mock draft happens, just so we're clear on that. So there's no finger pointing and saying I'm colluding here. But um, in our mock draft, Thatcher Demko went fourth overall. Actually, sorry, fifth overall. I was missing missing one guy there. Um, so that's exactly where I have him. And the same, the four guys that went ahead of him were the exact four that I had ahead of him as well. Um, I think I mean, Canucks defense is bad. I'm going to admit that as a Canucks fan, but I don't think it matters too much for Demko. Um, he should get a ton of volume. You've got Halak in there as a backup, um, but he's pretty old now and a little injury prone. So I don't think he's going to be stealing um, enough of the starts, especially as uh, down the stretch when Canucks need to win their final games to make it into the playoffs, um, since I don't think they're a surefire playoff team. Um, and yeah, I think the Canucks have shown that they have enough talent. They're deep enough to score a lot um, and win games. So um, even if his numbers you know, aren't elite, I think he'll still uh, have solid numbers, pick up a bunch of wins. Um, and he has shown flashes of elite play the last few years. Uh, and I think he can do enough of that this season to provide value. So um, high floor with the volume and extremely high ceiling if um, the Canucks can take a step forward or if he can um, keep up the high level of play that he's shown um, stretches of the last couple of years. Um, I don't think this is needing to project all that much because he was actually seventh in total points last year in Kakupful. And with Fleury and Grubauer leaving their situations that they put up top five numbers in and maybe Sorokin taking some more starts from uh, Varlamov, uh, I think Demko could surpass those guys and move into the top five. I, uh, I like the pick, Mason. I, uh, you unfortunately will lose a vote from Victor, guaranteed, because Victor Nuno has been uh, outspoken that he doesn't believe as highly of Demko as uh, I have been in the past. Um, I have him slotted in at 11 on my list right now, and he definitely was higher in my list at times and dropped back down. Uh, I'm with you. He's 
been putting up numbers. He's in a bad situation and defensively, I'm not saying the team's bad, but his defense in front of him hasn't been great. And he still has been putting up good numbers. He did play in that North division where goals were, you know, just leaking on every team. So if he can kind of keep those numbers down a bit more, he could be a lot higher. Um, I was definitely looking at him, but he just didn't quite, when I did my final placement, quite make that top 10. He's a guy that I think could outperform where I have him for sure. Uh, but he also is a guy that I think, like you're saying, if people are taking him that early in uh, mock drafts, I don't know that that's exactly where I'm going to take him at this point yet. But, you know, he could could be a surprise, uh, maybe not a surprise, maybe a surprise to me where he could be kind of in that kind of higher level of goalies in the league. But there are just some questions. I don't know if I fully agree with you on Halak. He was a guy who did some great um, backing up in Boston, not as much last season. So, you know, if that is what's going to be indicated, then you're right. Maybe he won't. But there were times when Rask and, and Halak were splitting pretty, you know, close to even, 55-45 um, kind of thing. And I wouldn't be shocked if they lean on him and he stole an extra start. He'll probably play every back-to-back just to give some relief to Demko. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, grabbing a few more in there so I don't know that he has as much I guess the one surprise for me from you is I don't know that he's guaranteed the same volume as some of the other guys but I could also see him getting the same volume as some other guys I just don't know it's if it's guaranteed to see how the the team actually shakes out this year yeah I mean in terms of your list Mason this definitely confuses me because I think out of all the guys that you listed behind them Markstrom, Shesterkin, Kemper, Talbot, Hart, like those are all guys that are much more guaranteed, I think, to get a much higher percentage of starts. And some of those guys, higher quality starts as well. Vancouver struggling. They've got a bunch of new parts that they're going to be exchanging around, seeing like how they're working back there. And I kind of agree with PJ here in regards to Halak. He's not that old. I mean, he's no Mike Smith over there in Edmonton, I suppose. But Demko's just someone who, yeah, like I've everyone's kind of been looking at the last like what, like three years, just waiting for him to like grab those reins and he just hasn't done it. Is this the year he finally does it? Potentially. And I did have him as an honorable mention. I don't think I think it's certainly possible that he does, because if he does do that, he could be. You know, I think this would be his absolute ceiling being number five overall, but I think it's much more likely that he kind of does just good enough to maybe get like 55% of the start, something like that. And I don't think Vancouver is good enough that they're going to get those wins. And I don't think their defense is good enough that they're going to have, you know, that good of a defense. And so, yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of confusing here. Unless, unless you're just a major Demko guy or something like that. I don't know. I, I'm not really. And um, I will, yeah, point out at least one other <laughs> listener thinks the same as me that he, um, he's right up in that range. Um, and yeah, I think, like you said, I think he's in the same tier as uh, my number three goalie, as well as uh, Markstrom, Chesterkin, Talbot, for example. They all provide very similar things. Um, but looking again at this last year, like he ranked seventh in total Kakupful points. Like the only way 
I think that's just a really high floor and um, he could easily move up into that top five with guys like Flurry and Grubauer leaving. Um, that's why I absolutely had him inside my top 10. And um, just to touch on Halak, because that seems to be like where we're, uh, you know, thinking different things uh, between you two and me for our expectations of Demko. Um, like the, so Halak has been declining the last three years, looking at his numbers, uh, they've been coming down each year. This last year obviously wasn't very good and he missed time with injury. And to me, that's just a result of his age. He's entering his 36 year old season. And like, you know, we can say, oh, goalies can still be fine after that. But like most goalies aren't, most goalies are done by the time they're 35, 36 years old. Um, Halak entered the league at a really young age as well. He's like, I think, played like 12 full NHL seasons now, which is really uh, a lot for a goalie. And I think at this point, uh, I just think those, <laughs> those numbers are going to keep going down. Boston's a way better defensive team than Vancouver and um, Halak's been playing behind uh, some really good defensive teams in Boston. So uh, as soon as their defense took a step back this year, his numbers took a big step back too. Um, I don't think he's going to provide really solid numbers. As a Canucks fan, I'm hopeful that he'll be good enough to win when he's playing, but um, I see Demko as uh, a much better goalie at this point in their careers and think he'll get all those starts. I think the one interesting thing for me, Mason, is I I think I might actually be higher on Demko than you and you're the Canucks fan. I own him in a few different dynasty leagues and I value him very high in that sort of realm for sure. He's like a guy that I've targeted in you know drafts and stuff like that. Um, and I agree with pretty much everything you said about Halak. I just don't know. There's just questions. We saw stints when you know Holtby was you know getting a couple extra starts here or there. And I just see like a similar thing happening. Demko will be the the starter in my mind still. I don't think Halak's going to be stealing that. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just don't know where the ratio is going to be. And that was really my only question. I didn't know if it was going to be a 60-40 split or is it going to be a 65, you know, 35 or what are we looking at? So I guess that was the only real question I had. I agree. He scored in the top 10 a couple points. And I actually think I didn't crunch the numbers on him, but I wonder if he actually would have finished higher with the new goaltending scoring um, because he probably did have a few more goals against than some of those other guys that he was above that maybe he would pump up, but I'm not hundred percent sure on that. So he is an interesting one. He was one, like I said, that was floating around my top 10 for sure. I just don't think I'd, I'd necessarily put him as high as what you and what the mock draft said at this point. But I also at the same time, wouldn't be surprised if he performed for that position. Last year, we didn't know who was actually going to be the starter hold here at Demko. So they played them back and forth for a long time before kind of of committing to Demko and um, I think he'll be bumped up more this year because you know as a volume starter from the start um, he'll benefit more from that uh, goals against change. Oh looks like I'm up here so we already talked about uh, PJ's got Anderson fifth Mason's got Demko fifth and maybe a little bit of a hot take for me I've got Hellebuck uh, fifth here overall and I get it He's a little bit of a workhorse. I just don't believe in that team. And and maybe I should because he's always been relatively good. But I mean, obviously, we've seen teams before in the past where goalies have been good for a while. And then all of a sudden, they just kind of fall off a cliff. There's so many players that maybe not so many. There was four players that I like more than him. 
and 916 last year okay it's about average 922 the year before was great especially because he got all those starts 913 the year before also not great but he had 63 games played so you're definitely just getting him for the amount of starts right here and there's no reason that i believe the people in front of him could potentially get just as many starts as him and get higher quality starts and that's essentially why i have him fifth here and maybe I can get into that more. Like, number, for example, I already talked about Kemper. I would rank him fourth. If we're assuming that they're at the same level of starts, I like Kemper with Colorado for him to get a lot more points than Hellebuck with Winnipeg. So I'm guessing you guys have him a little bit higher than I do. Uh, yeah, I, I had Hellebuck at uh, second overall. Um, and actually, the funny thing is uh, I have him there, and I said there's actually probably a very good chance that uh, – Hellebuck could potentially be the top fantasy goalie again, like he has been in the past. Um, his fantasy points wise, he, it, you know, it just lies on his team, like you said. Um, but it's been proven that he's been able to bail out their team. They, he was the top fantasy goalie in a couple, two years ago, and their team didn't do that great that year either. Uh, you know, they maybe did a little better than last year. I think they've actually made their defense slightly better in this off season. They've added a few extra pieces. Uh, I think they actually surprised a few people last year, even going into, you know, the last stretch before the playoffs that that team started playing a little bit better than, you know, all of us predicted uh, myself included thinking their, their D was just not going to be there at all. And they played a bit more of a, you know, New York Islanders, Montreal Canadians style of system. And they were able to shut down, you know, Oilers, Leafs, that sort of thing going into the stretch there and, and limiting some of the top guys from as many scoring chances. So um, I think there, I think that he has potential to be somewhere finishing in the one through five realm. So I don't think you're off on it at all. Um, but I, I just had him a bit higher. Um, his three-year five versus five uh, save percentage is a nine-two-four. Um and he's also seen the most shots by any goalie in the last three years by like a long shot. I think he's seen 500 more shots than in the next guy somewhere around there. And then there's like a lump of three or four guys that all have, you know, within a hundred shots from each other. So just, you know, with shots counting, um, uh, you know, as much as they do, uh, I, I do like him there as being kind of like one of the better floor goalies that's available. You know, you're just going to see shots. You're going to see him get volume starts. Hopefully he keeps up his play. And if the team can, you know, take even a little bit more of a step forward defensively, I think he's just solidifying himself in that kind of top, top five for sure. I had him at number two. I also have him at number two. Um, believe it or not, the Jets have a worse backup this year than they have the last few years, which is uh, quite something to say. But uh, yeah, listening to the Jets interview this year, um, I mean, uh, they were hoping that they'd be able to bring Bresswatt back because they didn't think that uh, Comrie would be, be ready to even be a backup. And now here he is as the backup. Um, I think Hellebuck will get all the volume and um, is an elite goalie on a good team. So uh, I don't really have any concerns with him. Uh, that's why I have him second. The last three years, he's been second, first, and fourth. But um, even in the years where he wasn't first, he was right next to the guys that did finish first. So it's not like there was much of a drop off. And 
Um, maybe we can get into this a little bit later, but I would rather pick Hellebuck in the late second than I would take Vasilevsky in the middle of the first. No, that's fair. Yeah, let's definitely hold that table that for now. And uh, yeah, listening to your guys' explanations, I think I would probably revise that at this point. I would probably put him, I'd probably put him third. I don't know if I'm going to rank him over my second uh, rated guy but I'm willing to admit when I was wrong and maybe that has uh, spurned me in the Twitter polls here, but I definitely think you guys are right listening to you now. Maybe, and maybe I, I think the main thing that I disagree with is that Winnipeg is a good team. I don't know about that, but I can definitely agree with the volume. I can definitely agree with the shots. I don't know if you're necessarily getting as many wins as someone else that you would take up there on like a uh, Colorado or some, or, you know, Tampa Bay, wink wink a little spoiler alert something someone like that but yeah i, I would I can, say I can, playoff contender <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah yeah but definitely like those other things i think you guys are definitely right and with and with the newfound change in the scoring system i think maybe i was maybe thinking a little bit too much on uh the old system there but uh all right so that ranks us through the top five here i had hella buck mason had demko pj had Anderson. Um, we've already talked about my number four overall, which was Kemper. Let's see here, Mason. Let's hear your uh, number four overall. I'm hoping you guys have this guy in the top, in the top ten, but I really don't know. Uh, at least with Hellebuck, all three of us had him in the top ten, which he's only the second player that we've had that with after Kemper. Um, but I have UC Saros as fourth. Uh, I thought Dave might not have him because you seem to be going toward the you know, the better goalies or better situations rather than just getting the volume. But um, I don't really have any faith in British being able to steal starts. And um, although Na Nashville's offseason does worry me a little bit, losing Ellis specifically, but also Yarnbrook and Arvidsson, who I think are decent defensive forwards and uh, not replacing them. Uh, Saros is obviously a very good goalie on a pretty good defensive team. Um, and I think if things break right, Saros has a potential to provide a ton of value and be a top three goalie, uh, very similar to a Hellebuck. Um, and I think, yeah, just has an, a super high floor so, with the volume. So um, that solidifies him in my top 10. And then just the potential of being able to put up a crazy save percentage in addition to that to uh to kind of vault him into the top three that's why i have him uh ranked as fourth uh he was fifth in average points last year for uh, a couple goalies and fifth in total points so again with a couple of those top guys from last year taking a step back onto worse teams i think that he can definitely uh step up from that fifth overall no i <laughs> I don't know why you think I wouldn't think he was good. I, he's had a good save percentage every single year. And now he's finally getting that volume Bye. that uh, he so well deserves. And another thing that I really liked was actually during the expansion draft was that the Predators was one of the few teams that actually like saved the extra defensive men and things like that. And that definitely not only told me, do they value their defensemen, but also that that's like kind of like what they plan on their kind of coaching philosophy going into the season be like hey we kind of recognize you know we let some players go things like that we're just going to try and grind this out defensively things like that and so no I love Saros I had him third overall yeah I also had him third overall um okay. I've been high on Saros for a while um and 
I remember chatting during one of the uh, Keeping Carlson patron casts last year, and uh, you know uh, I co-manage a dynasty team with uh, with Braden, and we were pretty excited. We drafted Saros in the pro draft for it. It was a, a new one, and then we got Askarov as our uh, in our minors draft as well, and we were pretty excited about the tandem. And I mentioned it in you know the chat in the Keeping Carlson group, and I got a, a a bit of shade from some people saying that you know Nashville's team's on the decline, and I wouldn't pick goalies for the future from that team and everything and uh but i'm kind of with you dave I, the, the one thing that i think nashville's always had is they have solid defensemen and they grow them from within their system and they make these guys that then they end up trading off and they they get some other people eventually as they get older um you know it's sad to see players like ellis go i'm i'm for sure agree with that but at the same time it is a team that grows their defensemen and play a solid defensive style of game I think some of their forwards actually hurt a bit because of that because even their forwards play in a bit more of a defensive system maybe not quite to the extent of like a New York Islanders or anything like that but Saros has been super solid um his five on five save percentage has been was the highest of any player last year that played over 10 games at nine four five uh, Swayman did have a 9.51, but only played 10 games. His three-year uh, save for percentage at five on five is 9.30, um, and that's the same as Vasilevsky and Rask. So he's been like right in the same kind of contention as those guys, uh, and just as proof that he could be a starter with a bit of last season, getting the volume starts finally, like like you guys are saying, um, and. You know, he was the third in goals saved above average in the last three years as well. Also just behind Vasilevsky and Kuhudobin. So um, he's a player that I'm super excited about. I debated putting him second, to be perfectly honest. But I just thought Hellebuck still is a bit more of a tier above uh, in my mind. And Saros is kind of like the top of that next tier but below. So um, I'm really excited for him. And I think he's going to continue to get better. He's only 26. Um, and, you know, he's kind of coming into that you know, a new adjusted prime of goalies that I think was always that like early thirties. And now I think we're starting to see goalies in their like, you know, mid to late twenties is when they're starting to really become, you know, high level goalies. If you, if you look at the hell bucks at 28 and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I had him at third as well. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about him and I wish I would be able to draft him in a redraft league, but I think he'll go before I'll ever get a goalie. Uh, but I have him in a few dynasty leagues, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, he went fifth round in our mock, um, which I think is pretty good value if you think he's going to be one of the top few goalies. Um, again, I'd rather have him in the, in the fifth than I would Hellebuck or uh, Vasilevsky probably in the in the top uh, top two rounds because you're still getting such elite players up there. But um, yeah, the only thing for me that brought him down from third, which I guess doesn't worry you guys really at all, but um, yeah, Nashville can provide good numbers for their goalies and Riddich, like he's not a great goalie, like like I said, but and he's not gonna steal a ton of starts, but he's better than the backups for all these other guys. Um, his backup is closer to uh, like a, a Halak or a Georgiev than he is to uh, Eric Comrie or Laurent Brassois. So uh, I would, I just think he'll get a few fewer games and we haven't seen him as a guy who's been getting uh, 50 to 60 starts, whereas we've seen that from Vasilevsky and Hellebuck for a few years. Yeah. And just so for clarification for our audience here, Mason, whenever you're talking about that mock draft, you're talking about a 14 team league, right? That's correct. 14 team league. So he, 
uh, I guess went around 70th. Yeah. And I think, I think that's insane value right there, especially for this bump up. And, and I think I would agree with you. I would much rather have uh, Saros there than Hellebuck in the second or Vasilevsky in the first, but um, there's only one goal. Oh, go ahead, Peach. I was just going to say, if Saros was sitting there, even in the fourth round, I would probably consider it even being somebody who usually tries to wait to the fifth (laughs) round minimum to take my first goalie. But if Saros was still sitting there in the fourth, that would be a, that'd be a decision, especially with the new scoring this year. Uh, I could see myself breaking my rules, my personal rules, taking a goalie in the top four uh, if he was still kicking around. So I think that's great value in the fifth round. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And that's one of those tough questions. Whenever someone just like reaches out on Twitter, like saying like, Hey, should I draft Saros in the fourth? It's like, well, where are you drafting in the fourth? Who did you take one through three? <laughs> What's like assuming like your couple scoring and stuff like that. But generally speaking, yeah, I think he's great, great value there. And so, uh, yeah. So as I was talking about, we got one, one guy left and I can already tell where each of you ranked him. I got him ranked second. Mason's got him ranked third. Uh, PJ's got him ranked fourth. Does that sound about right for Robin Laner here? Yep. Correct. (laughs) And so, yeah, pretty easy for me. I love uh, the Golden Knights. The only reason like why he wasn't so much last, I guess maybe a little bit of injury history, potentially. Go ahead, Mason, start it off here. Don't kick it around to PJ. Yeah, like you said, it's a pretty easy easy pick. Uh, You know, anywhere in that two to four range, I think is totally fine. Um, clear starter on one of the best teams in the NHL in one of the weakest divisions of the NHL. Um, he did really well when he was leaned on as the pure starter in Chicago too. And they're not as good as Vegas. Um, I'm not as confident in the elite numbers to go with the volume. Like I am, uh, with like Hellebuck or Vasilevsky, but, um, he definitely has the potential to go off for a season and put up like a, 920, 925, um, in which case is just gonna, you know, he could be, he could finish as the number one goalie, um, which is what you want when you're taking <laughs> the third goalie off the board, maybe in like the third round, uh, second or third round, uh, you want someone that can finish first overall. And, um, even over his career in Ottawa and Buffalo, like he's put up like a 918 his entire career, um, which is wild when those teams weren't very good for a long time. So, um, you know, once you move to the Islanders, we saw the ceiling that he can have on a really good defensive team of like a 930. And I think, um, yeah, I, w- I would expect just another 918 for him, which is really good and tons of volume uh, puts him at third for me. Yeah, he's um, he's playing on a team that just had the Vesna winning tr- goalie. So, you know, the team in front of him can help support a goalie. I know he didn't have the best season himself this past year. And that's part of the reason why they probably started leaning on flower a bit more. And then flower just ran away with it and had a, you know, a stellar season. Um, One thing to his character, like there was a lot of reports this past year between, you know, the, the drama that uh, flowers agent created uh, last year versus this year, it sounds like he just kept saying like, you know, it's, it's flowers net right now. He's, he's the one playing whatever. He's like a, you know, a good stand-up guy. Um, but he also, like you said, Mason, he's had stellar numbers in the past, even if he maybe had one kind of not as elite perf- like year this past year. Um, but it's kind of his net now. And, and the team, I felt like almost committed to that 
even with the exception of this past year when they brought him in, you know, they already had Flurry, and then they decided to sign Leonard and, and gave him this contract. And you kind of knew that that's the direction the team wanted to go with it. Um, and, you know, like you said, he's had some great save percentage, uh, even though he had slightly a down year this past year, his, his past three year, like five on five save percentage has been a nine twenty seven, which is just awesome. Even including that year in it. Um, you know, and that's just behind Vasilevsky and Hellebuck for, for top of the league for the past three years for five on five save percentage. So he's one of those top four goalies in that sort of realm anyways, uh, top three for sure for, for that exact stat. Um, and he'll be a volume goalie starter on a good team. So it checks Mason's boxes. I know that, you know, good goalie, good team, volume start. And, you know, you can't really go wrong with that. Uh, I agree. He, I kind of, my top two to four, probably switch spots a few times and I feel really confident with all of them kind of right in that same conversation that if you're going to be taking a goalie in one of those earlier rounds you're not going to go wrong with any of them the all, all four of those kind of top guys are going to give you uh you know definitely good quality starts every single time yeah and and the and obviously uh number one overall we all have uh Vaseline Vasilevsky there and uh, I think the only thing that really needs to be said there is where exactly are you drafting him? And uh, you may have heard way earlier in the podcast that I had an interesting tidbit in one of those mock drafts that I saw uh, keeping Carlson tweet out. And that is that our pod father, the fantasy hockey robot, the IPP MVP, Brian Calm took Vasilevsky fifth overall. I want to hear what you guys think about that. Let's start with you, Peach. It's too high for me, personally. I just, I'm not convinced in goalies to be a first two-round pick ever in my mind. Um, and I'm not saying that they don't have the value there. But for me, if I'm taking fifth overall, I want to get a guy that I know is going to be a top scorer in the league and going to put up points and play hopefully 82 games of the season and give me those points whether Vasilevsky finishes with a higher total fantasy points um, I value kind of that week in week out personally a bit more especially in a head-to-head format where you know there might be a week where Vasilevsky ends up playing one game just because of a schedule and you know maybe there's you know something weird uh, which is hard to say like it, it's hard to see Vasilevsky only playing one game in a week but if it's one of those ones that have a bye week and then they only have one or two games or if there's back-to-backs or something he might only play the one of the, the back-to-back and um, for me I'd rather take a forward at that point or or maybe an elite defenseman I, I'm not taking an elite defenseman top five for sure but in the first round sometimes near the end of the first round I've taken it so for myself I think there's value in taking a goalie that high especially if it's going to be you know with the changes and he's going to be an eighth overall in in scoring but personally for me that's just not how I construct my teams I think it hurts me more than it helps me I can still get a goalie in say the fourth or the fifth round that won't be as elite as Vasilevsky, but are still going to be putting up average points and could be a volume starter still. And I'm going to be able to get one of those top five forwards in the league at that five spot and guarantee a lot of them. So I think in overall, my team will score more points by taking an elite forward and say a mid or more mid range goalie in the fifth round. Yeah. I think the same thing, especially like top six, we talked about last week, the two right wings, Kucherov and Pasternak and kind of the top four centers that we'll get to. But um, 
like seventh is the earliest I think anyone should be drafting him. I don't think anyone should be taking him over uh, those two right wings in the cupful in the Cats League. Uh, in the league I was in with you two, actually, this past season, I got Vasilevsky in the third round um, who carried me to the championship. So uh, I like I'll take him if he if anyone's going to give me that kind of value on him or if it's in a Cats league, like um, absolutely go for it. Uh, he's an elite goalie. He's going to put up great numbers, but um, Inca Cupful, I'm not going to take him in the first round. Uh, I don't think. I think I was looking at Vorp uh, value over replacement player. So, you know, what's he going to put up versus like the 24th, 26th, 28th best goalie, depending on um, how many zero goalie teams there are in Cupful. But um, you know, Vorp percentage, he he more than doubled what a replacement level goalie would give you. So um, if you like the security of not having to stream goalies and do anything like that, sure, I think the end of the first round is a good spot to take him. Um, but if you look at like overall value over replacement, uh, those top forwards are still going to give you more, um, more points over replacement than the replacement skaters will. So um, that's why I wouldn't take him there. Uh, but second round, I'd probably take him uh, if he or Vasilev or if he or Hellebuck are there later than middle of the second, uh, depending on how I want to construct my team. I think it would be okay to take one. Uh, is it is it a hot take to say Vasilevsky won't finish first overall this year? I think so. I disagree. I, would, I okay. I actually don't know. I, so what I had to say about Vasilevsky when I was kind of going through and making some notes and everything is that I actually wouldn't be surprised if Vasilevsky isn't the top goalie in fantasy this year, but I do think he has the least question marks around him. So if you're drafting him first, it's the most guaranteed goalie to be in the top chunk of say three to five or something. Like you're not going to see him drop lower than that, uh, you know, barring some sort of fluke injury or something like that. But I think there's other goalies that could finish as a higher fantasy value but I think you have the most guarantee to be getting a guy who's in that top chunk of goalies with Vasilevsky, even over the Hellebucks, the Saros, the, the Leonard. Um, I just, I just think there's less question marks. He doesn't have the backup that's going to be competing for starts. He's on a team that yes, they lost a few players this year, but they're also getting guys like Kucherov back for the regular season. And so, you know, despite having to cut some of that salary, I think they still have a very strong team. He has a strong defense in front of them. There's just so many less question marks around uh, him still being able to put up elite numbers um, in the fantasy year. Yeah, we started by saying goalies are voodoo, and maybe we should end it by saying <laughs> there's no such thing as a goalie hot take because goalies are voodoo. Yes. Well, I will. I'll make it a hotter take and predict that he'll finish outside of the top three. But oh, I agree okay, with okay. I agree with PJ. I think he's the surest bet to finish up there. Um, you know, outside of an injury, he's not going to drop, drop way down like some goalies could. Um, and so that's why I would still have him first, even though, um, yeah, I think there's a better chance than not that he finishes outside of the top three. Um, PJ, you said there's no backup to compete for starts and absolutely Elliot's not going to compete for starts, but, uh, McElhaney was absolute garbage last year. Um, and so that's why I think Vasilevsky got so many starts. Like you don't have Kucherov, you need to win enough games to get into the playoffs. Um, you've got to play Vasilevsky a lot when you have 
McElhaney putting up an 875 um, over his 12 starts, which is just horrendous. And I think uh, Elliot will, you know, maybe he plays at 900, but that wins more of his games than um, than McElhaney would uh, winning. McElhaney won four out of 12 games uh, this past year. I think like Elliot on uh, on Tampa can win eight of those games. Um, so you probably don't need to play Vasilevsky as much. And um, that's why I would say it's not a sure thing that he's first overall or even top three. Um, and looking back at this past year in Cupful, I think uh, Vasilevsky probably would have been worth a first round pick um, because the, uh, we hadn't changed the goals against values, which I think compresses kind of the goalie rankings a little bit, giving those guys who let in more goals overall a bit of a bump. So anyway, I think slightly better backup. He'll get a few fewer starts, especially if the Lightning want to go for a three-peat. Like you need Vasilevsky. You can't play him 70 games a year, three years in a row, and these playoff runs and expect um, elite volume. So I think I think they'll give him a few fewer starts. Um, and that's why I think there's a decent chance of him falling outside the top few and why I wouldn't take it. But they'll give Elliot one start and he'll get injured for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, there's always that chance, but uh, I am not thinking. On no, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding for sure. Uh, he has definitely had the, the injury bug in the past, uh, but I do agree. He, he can put up better backup numbers, but I still just think like, Vasilevsky is their best bet to win games and they're going to play him still as a volume starter. For sure. I just, there's, there's (laughs) no, there's no question in my mind. Maybe he loses five starts. Maybe. Dude, how many, how many more? uh, I mean, not like percentage, but how many fantasy owners got burned on Sundays this past year? Cause they're like, there's no way. He can start this many like back to back. So like Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. Yeah, how Except many times they did, did it happen? take into account McElhaney's 875? <laughs> but if you do remember, like the last I had Vasilevsky, like I said, in a few a few cats leagues this year. And like in the last couple of weeks, like in the playoffs, it became really dicey. Like they stopped playing him in those last two weeks before the playoffs. Um, they didn't even play McElhaney in those games. Like they brought up two other guys, Chris Gibson. And I don't remember who the other guy was, but like, they just, there were some games where they just pulled him out and said, you're not even on the bench this game. I could just see a bit more of that this year. And especially at the end of the year, when you need the volume throughout your playoffs. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. If they end up doing that, that would be a tough way to finish your season. Um, I just know I had to pick. Vasilevsky as my first overall oh, absolutely I was talking to a friend who yeah. who doesn't watch hockey at all and he was asking me to you know do something this weekend I was like oh I'm you know recording the podcast or whatever uh rating some goalies and he's like oh are you gonna put Vasilevsky in there and so James even knew who <laughs> Vasilevsky was and the guy doesn't know hockey from anything so yeah. if he's good enough that people who don't follow the sport know who he is you, you kind of got to throw him up there as your your first overall yeah. I will say though like if he loses five starts which I think is reasonable it's not that many like that's 40 a couple points which is like a tenth of a season of total points. So that's a that's a big deal to me. That's why you got to look out for these Excel people, man. I'll tell you what, like these people that I crunch the Excel numbers like Mason down there. There's a reason why they end up in tier one. That's all. I don't use Excel. This is all gut. 
Yeah, but you knew exactly like how many. I don't have Twitter. Maybe, maybe it was basic math, <laughs> but still, you got. If if you did use Excel, you'd be dangerous. You'd be tier one. Uh, I do have an three. Office subscription, so maybe I'll use it this year. Yeah, <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> All right, so uh, obviously we've gone a little bit long here, so uh, we don't need to go over uh, honorable mentions too much here. Obviously, our all of our top 10, I'll acknowledge most of our honorable mentions here. Let's go ahead and start with PJ. Just recap your top 10 real quick. Yeah, for sure. So uh, number one, Vasilevsky. Number two, Hellebuck. Number three, Saros. Number four, Leonard. Number five, Anderson. Number six, Kemper. Number seven, Bennington. Eighth was Varlamov. Ninth was Campbell. And tenth was Shesterkin. And I'm old enough to remember to remind people that's Anderson with an E, uh, not Anderson with an O. Go ahead there, Mason. Recap your top ten for us. Anderson with two E's. Um, yeah, tenth overall, I had Carter Hart. Carter freaking Hart. Ninth overall, Talbot. Eighth, I had Kemper. Seventh, Shesterkin. Sixth, Markstrom. Fifth, Demko. Fourth, Saros. Third, Leonard. Second, Hellebuck. And first, Vasilevsky. All right. And I had uh, Varlamov, 10th. Grubauer, 9th. Fleury, 8th. Anderson with two E's, 7th. Price, 6th. Hellebuck, 5th. Kemper, 4th. Saros, 3rd. Laner, 2nd. And Vaseline number one. And I tried to put together a little bit of a consensus uh, top 10 here between the three of us. It kind of worked, but in a, in a situation like this where we we're all spread out, um, it really kind of divulged here. But we did have uh, Vaseline number one. Laner ended up number two. That was mainly because I ranked him second overall and PJ had him down there at fourth overall we had hellebuck third only one point behind him and that's my fault there for ranking him fifth although i do admit i probably should have ranked him a little bit higher so realistically he should kind of be second overall there we did have sorrows uh solid fourth kemper fifth anderson sixth and then after this it got pretty close uh we had demko seventh mainly just because of Mason ranking him. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Fifth overall. And then we had a three-way tie for eighth. We had Markstrom uh, just because of Mason. We had Price just because of myself. And then we had uh, Shesterkin, which is obviously, okay, at least Shesterkin, we had two people rank him in the top 10 here. And then we had, uh, after that, two people tie for 11th with Finnington and Varlamov. After that, we had Flurry, I think that makes him 13th just because of myself. Uh, Three-way tie, I think that's for like 14th with Grubauer, Campbell, and Talbot. And that's, we each <laughs> ranked someone different for our own ninth overall. And that's kind of funny how that works out here. And then Hart was our last honorable mention. We'll be back soon to finish ranking out the rest of our positions. We still got defense, left wing, and center to come. So hit us up on Twitter at NHL Stream Scheme. Let us know who you think had the best top 10 goalie list and why did you think it was Dave's. 
So go ahead, Mason. Yeah, I just wanted to add to like and subscribe and uh, enjoy the outro music, which is Dave's music. Great job for putting that in, Dave. And uh, but you can also thank me for making sure it made it in this episode. Oh, yeah. And Twitterless Mason and at, is it at PJ underscore Richards? You got it. That's correct. Yeah. Follow PJ there. Maybe one day Mason will get a Twitter. He'll come to his senses. But until then, we'll just make them one at recency bias. (laughs) Once I win tier one, I'll make a Twitter. I promise you. There you go. Until then, it's like the great Carrie Price once said, the future belongs to those who believe in their dreams. See ya.